welcome to episode 7 of Rouge One, the uh, Game of the Year Awards, uh, where we're going to discuss the games we've played and pick the best ones. I'm Kevin Yost. I'm returning Prodigal Son, Sud Sampath. I am made up of Chris Mahana Kwanzaa, Ben Rogers. Uh, Matt Gould, right here, right now, ready for you. All right, and so we have 28 games you. to discuss, and then we're each picking our top three, uh, which is probably going to have a significant amount of overlap, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, first on our list is Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, <laughs> Hacker's Memory. Uh, Sud yeah. is the only one who played this one, so why don't you give us a quick rundown of that game? Okay, so I will say this. the Mechanically, it's it's a really interesting game, so... If you've played a Persona game or if you've played like a Pokemon game, it's like that. You you capture the Digimon and they evolve and then there's a really pretty good turn-based system around it. The story around the game is awful. Um, I played it on the Vita on a plane because I was bored. These games are pretty popular actually. Um, and they're, they're all sort of follow the same sort of formula as like you're a person and you're like a detective and you're investigating this mystery with all these Digimon. And the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is pretty fun, but beyond that, I would say it's sort of a par game. And it's like it's really good to listen to podcasts or something because like the story doesn't matter and it's just sort of boring. I like the way that they implemented the creatures, and I think they have really cool creature designs and how they all level up and pitch evolve and stuff. It's all interesting. Who's your fun. favorite? Uh, I've always been an Agumon fan because like I just a big fan of the original Digidestin, and I always love like Karurumon. Oh my god, this isn't a Digimon podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, but it's fine. It's like I would say it's a 7 out of 10, but it's, it's oh, a wow. game. Yeah, go for it if you're a Digimon fan, otherwise... Eh. I'm not a Digimon fan, it's just like if you want to play like, a solid RPG, you know, and you, it's kind of mindless, it's a good one, you know? Fair enough. Uh, next on the list is Celeste. I've talked about this in previous episodes. Uh, it's a platformer uh along the lines of like uh super meat boy super difficult you're gonna die a fucking lot and it has kind of a cute little story as you go through the uh go through the different levels where this girl is climbing this mountain to try and deal with her anxiety and self-doubt and that kind of stuff and it has uh, a cute little cast of four or five characters that are all varied and interesting um but like, if you're into that kind of like really challenging platformer, I can't recommend it enough because once you play through the story, you unlock B sides and C sides of the levels that just become increasingly punishing. Uh, I cannot do that, <laughs> but the playing through the main levels, the story was cute. It was good stuff. So it's kind of like, like braid. Three bucks. It's kind of like what? Braid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next was Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, which we all played. But let's go ahead and have Ben talk about this. He was definitely the hardest of the four of us into this game. <laughs> I made a fight stick for the game. Uh, I really liked this game. Um, I honestly don't play a lot of Arc System games. Um, I think the last one I played was Guilty Gear Isuka, I think is the is the tag for it but um yeah this was the first time i really sunk my teeth into an arc systems game and i really enjoyed it 
Um, I got deep into the fighting game. I would say that Dragon Ball Z Fighters is the least Arc System fighting game they've ever made. Because, really? Yeah, if you play like a Suga... Well, like I said, to... I've never... <laughs> I, I don't play Arc System games. Yeah, because they're ungodly complicated. And I think the beauty of this game is how pretty tame it is. Simplistic. I don't know if it's simplistic. I don't think it's simplistic at all. I think Well, I think it's simplistic in the sense that it's a lot easier. It's like in between Smash and like you said, a more complicated, super complicated mm. fighting game I, like I disagree with that. I disagree with that because I think the way that they switch fighters actually does a lot for the game to make it more complex. I think it's a reason why it's been such a staple in the fighting game tournament. I would say that Kevin's point about the power of the raw three moves makes this game so accessible. And I think it's yeah, a really great call. The fact, the fact that there is auto combos and not just one auto combo. There's super two. Dash. Yeah, super dash for getting in. So you don't have like if you suck at the neutral game, all you gotta hit do is hit those two buttons, and you're flying in. I will say I would still love to see a version of this game that's a little closer to Smash Brothers, uh, mm. because the the auto combo, the raw three, all that kind of stuff does make it a lot more accessible than like Guilty Gear, or Blaze Blue, or you know other yeah. Arc Systems games. But like the the next step up from raw three <laughs> auto combo <laughs> is still a huge jump. Yeah, mid jumps in the middle of your combos, canceling autos, yeah, like, swapping. Especially yeah, especially with Smash Brothers having just came out and seeing how the skill uh, flow for that is more of a gradient, whereas like this still it's has really hard, hard steps. Yeah. yeah, where it's just like you know, if you need to get to the next level of skill, the people at that skill level are going to be beating your ass. You gotta, you gotta fucking practice. If you yeah. want to get up there, yeah. But I think that's where the success of the game comes from. That it, it does have that appeal like to a hardcore fighting game tournament player. But it also takes the steps to reach out to newcomers. Totally. That's why I think it's a great fighting game. I think this is a great Yeah, choice. for sure. I mean, it's like the best... It's one of the best-selling fighting games in a while. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And it's... Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. And it has... It looks like the like, show <laughs> at times. Like, so... Like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it does a really good job of having a pretty diverse cast while paring down how absurd some DBC games get as far as a roster goes. And we're probably going to get a season two. eight Gokus, but... <laughs> well, we're probably going to get a season two with more Gokus. Yeah. <laughs> the Goku season, just all Gokus. I mean, I will say we did we did have a lot of fun playing Dragon Ball Fighters or Tussle Tuesdays was was a, a pretty good thing and it went running for at least you know five six weeks you know yeah yeah it was tough. a good time i'd we say two months play it again we could play it again yeah. sometime but i think we'd probably just play smash instead right yeah yeah because again like it you know uh you know ben and dave are <laughs> uh definitely up there with their fight stick obsession and so like Again, it's easier. It's easier to turn on Smash Balls and Bombs in <laughs> Smash Bros. and give yeah. me a fighting chance than yeah. it is to try and catch them can, off guard. You can with level the playing field in Smash a lot easier than you can in a 2D fighter. What if we could just give Kevin the ability to always raw three whatever he wanted? So next is Monster Hunter World, a game we 
also all played. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you even touched this a whole ton, though. Um, I played a little bit of it, yeah. I didn't beat the story. <clears throat> yeah, but... Um, <clears throat> he played it on the tail kinda. end of us. It reminded me a lot of, like, Fantasy Star Online, but just with, like, a medieval aesthetic and monsters. Can I talk about this game a little bit, Kevin? Because I think yeah. this might be in my top three. Uh, Ooh, nice. I really like this game. Uh, the way that they have integrated the combo system into a gorgeous realized world. I mean, I think most of the games on this list are all pretty graphically beautiful, but the way that they use the PlayStation 4 graphics um, or next-gen graphics, current-gen graphics, and then reimagined a lot of these characters that were like initially designed in the PlayStation 2 era is pretty remarkable. It's, a, it's an RPG that really demands skill especially at the higher levels of certain of the weapons. So, like, if you use a charge blade, you really have to understand timing and canceling to have them work out really well. And the way that they integrated the grind is really satisfying. Uh, and the way that all the Elder Dragons escalate actually get quite difficult. I mean, there's a mission with two Kirins, uh, which are these, like, electric unicorns that are... That's just, the worst. It, it's the worst, but it's super challenging, and it's super challenging in a really technical way, which I really appreciate. Um, it's frame perfect, which to me is really enjoyable in so far that like the hit detection of the game is bananas. It's so good as to how like your sword swings and how there's a weight to everything. Yeah, it's um, a lot of hitbox porn. Yeah, totally. And then there's a and every, the, the world's just gorgeous and it's so fun to dress up your palicos. We all dress up our palicos as our cats. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> named them as our cats. Yeah, it's yeah. just like super fun. And then it has a really good net optimization code, so playing with friends is really easy. That uh, was really simple. Drop and, in, and like, drop out. It's drop in, drop out, and it's from a Japanese game. And so the fact that it's a Japanese game with great multiplayer is really fun. And we had a really great time playing together. And, you know, I, I definitely stopped playing it. I mean, because I kind of got what I wanted to out of the game. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome. Yeah. Like, and all the monsters are really cool. And I would say just, it yeah. is They're the best. It is the best and most yeah. interesting and fun monster hunter. I've always tried to get into Monster Hunter, but they've true. never really like been like, uh you know, I bought the one on the 3DS. I bought one of them for um, GameCube, and I remember it was just never quite. The learning curve is so high in old Monster Hunters, and yeah. this, like this, like Fighters, makes it way more, you know, able to tolerate as a newbie. And it, yeah, it being yeah. on the PS4 is is a good thing because it kind of shows, like, the PS4 does shine above, kind of, you know. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they, you know, it's the best, most accessible monster hunter that they've come out with and even with some baffling choices like having an online area where you can see other players that is only very small and has an absurd loading screen to get into yeah for the most part it's yeah really easy to get in and out play some games it kept me going uh yeah to the end we all put we must have like us three put in 100 plus hours easily oh Oh, yeah i for sure put in 200 hours by myself yeah same I was yeah, a little so, late to the party on that one. That's yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's good stuff. Plus, they're just they're constantly couple, doing updates for it. One day you're Mega Man, the next you're Dante. Like, yeah, it's a really well supported game. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. It's a it's like a genuinely great game. It's just unfortunate. It's, it's just like, nice to see the support. 
I'm sure yeah. it's, it's insanely popular in Japan as it always has been. Sure. True. Yeah. All right. We got to move on. We're definitely coming back to this at the end, so we'll have yeah, more chance. Let's go quick. Uh, next is Kingdom Come Deliverance, uh, which got a lot of attention. Sud's the only one that played it, though. Uh, this game is fundamentally bad, but it's bad in really interesting ways. Do you guys know a lot about the game? Yes. Very vaguely. It was like the Mountain Blade guys, right? No. It, it's someone no. who took inspiration from Mountain Blade, but then wanted to make it even more realistic than Mountain Blade. So this is a first-person uh, RPG that takes place in Bohemia, which is uh, present-day the Czech Republic in like the 1400s or something. And you're a squire, and you're watching his progress through the Bohemian Civil War to become a knight. And it is incredibly realistic in terms of... You start out as a blacksmith, right? And you're, like, delivering a sword? That's how it all starts? Yeah, you're a squire to, like... Or an apprentice to a blacksmith. So, like, I said squire, but, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, But you need to, you know, there's, there's a thirst system, there's a hunger system, you need to sleep, you need to work out, you need to monitor your weight... Uh, you need to get better at things like you can't just swing your sword and be good um, it is a bad game because it makes no concession to the player for the longest mm. time there was no autosave feature and so you could randomly <laughs> die it's very buggy and that's been patched repeatedly and, and the game's probably a lot better now but given there's a lack of autosave feature and it's buggy as hell creates these really unfortunate save states I once played was playing the game and I walked into a door and then the door despawned behind me and I was just stuck in this house. <laughs> who made this? Uh, it's a Kickstarter game. I don't know who. That's what I was about to ask. It's like it sounds like a Kickstarter. It game. is a Kickstarter game, and like this is the kind of stuff that people, you know, like it, it's like super realistic and there's like a lot of like documents that have been like translated over into the game. Um, there's a lot of really unique things that can happen in the game, and everything about it is super interesting. It's the kind of... I don't believe in Kickstarter, and I don't believe in backing any game, but this is the kind of game that I probably would do it, and this is the most faithful representation of it, and then once I played it, I realized that's really not what I want out of a gaming experience. Um, so yeah. it's not very good, uh, but it is an interesting experience about like being, being careful what you wish for. I'm really glad I played it. I bet there's a modded version that's far more player-friendly that I'd like to go back to. And the story is yeah. really interesting, um, but as it is right now, it's I don't know if it's worth a lot of people's time. Gotcha. Uh, next is Secret of Mana, which I originally was angry that was on here because I figured it was just a port of the Super Nintendo version. It's not it a port. It seems like it's yeah ground-up 3D remake, uh, which, again, only said played. This game's yeah. awful. It is the worst yeah, remake I've ever played. Oh, yeah. I heard they, so geez. awful things about it. They have gutted, the, like, the best thing about the Secret of Mana series and the Mana series in general is the music, and the music is awful. The re, the re-release, the remaster is just, like, really, really bad. Um, the gameplay is sluggish. It loads poorly. It's poorly optimized. It's a bastardization of one of the greatest games ever made. And it's Jesus. really unfortunate because this game is amazing, and it should be thought of in the same realm as say, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, it's during just Square Enix's heyday. So, I mean, Secret of Mana is just as good as Chrono Trigger. Yeah, but this is a, a, an atrocious thing that they would never do. You'd never see this for Chrono Trigger. You'd never That's see this shame. for Final Fantasy VI. And this is fucking awful. Yeah, they had, they had a real good opportunity, and they just dropped it. Yeah, so do not buy this game. Pirate it. I, I urge you. Just play the Super Nintendo one. 
Just go back. Alright, yeah. <laughs> That's Next it. is God of War, which we all played. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us about this one? Boy. Um, I would say that God of War does deserve all the praise it gets because it is kind of like kind of steamrolling through Game Awards right now in t- in terms of like yeah. all the presentation type things, not like little podcast bits and whatnot. Um, it is great because don't downplay us. <laughs> it is great. It is great because it is um a sequel, but it is a reinvention, but it doesn't stray from the original vision. You know what I mean? Like it's a reinvented invention as ways like Kratos is fundamentally different in this than he is in all of the God of Wars. He his combat is different. The camera is literally at a complete different angle for the entire game. Um, but it still kind of like stays true to the game developers because I mean it is the same studio in a way and uh, and I mean like I said when we discussed this uh, last week having only played the first game I've been trying to go in pretending I have no knowledge of Kratos at all and you know it, it totally works there's no they're not constantly referencing the old games they're you can go into this totally blind and be fine. This is the best yeah. to- God of War game ever made. Yeah, uh, it is that's the best high in the series for sure. Like the first game was groundbreaking, and this is groundbreaking in a different way. Um, we can dig into this more, but I think it is the most pure video game on this list in in so many ways, and that's what makes it remarkable that they really just took this Metroid formula and applied it so expertly to this beautiful moving story and it's just amazing and so like if if it wasn't for another game on this list this would be far and away my game of the year it it, it is definitely Digimon like, story <laughs> exactly <laughs> it is um yeah like it's it's definitely like a story driven game more so than the rest of these games that we're going to be talking about which is so funny because the old God of Wars really weren't that like oh, emotionally. Really? They really weren't that emotionally story tied no, with Kratos just no, yelling was, the whole time. It was <laughs> kill, kill the kill the big baddie. Get as strong as you can beforehand. Kill ben, everybody ang- in your path. Ben, anger's an emotion. Okay, don't it's, <laughs> being angry all the time is is something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that was like his one and only emotion. Yeah, I mean, from what I remember of God of War 1, it's, you know, Ares made me kill my family, I'm going to kill Ares, and the only fluctuation from start to end was various people are getting in my way of killing <laughs> kill Ares. Them. Yeah, yeah. I, I need this person's head to get through this area, I'm taking your head. Yep, that's what happened. Alright, so we're definitely coming back to this one. Uh, next on the list is Battletech. Which only said plain. I think said and I are gonna dominate a lot of these. Tell us about BattleTech. Oh, big winner. <laughs> uh, do you guys know the BattleTech series at all? It's Not a familiar really. name. Yeah. It's MechWarrior. Okay. So you know MechWarrior. Yeah. So BattleTech yeah. is the lore that surrounds MechWarrior. Okay. BattleTech is a tactical um, turn-based sh- shooter, I guess. Mm. So similar to XCOM, like so that kind of is like top down like strategy. So it really gives like a tabletop 
uh, like feel to the game. And it's extremely slow and it's extremely deliberate, but it works really well in that way. Uh, it's really great. Like if you like that kind of XCOM gameplay, it's not as fast as XCOM, but there's more weight to every move you do because you're controlling these mechs in their squadron as you play through the game and they all get damaged and they all require resupply and they all require repairs and you have limited resources to do all these things and you have pilots that are, you know, better at some things and worse at other things and you grew and there's a really strong tension between like keeping your pilots alive or keeping your mechs alive uh, and really having that all knit together in a way that is just really compelling. It's a really slow, grindy game. If there was anything that I would say that keeps this game, holding, holds this game back, is just the pace of play. If they could increase the animations or let you skip some of the animations, it would make a huge difference to the actual experience of playing the game over a long period of time. But the game is beautiful and it's really, really great. So if you like that kind of game, I could not recommend it enough. Nice. I like uh, next. It's been a while since I've been into one. Yeah, is that is? Uh, do you think this is something to recommend to somebody kind of casual, or is this like relatively no. hard? No, yeah. no, no. You'd have to be invested in like a strategy game. Like if you like strategy games, you'll like this game. Like if Civ. You no, this what? This couldn't be less <laughs> like Civ. It's a turn-based <laughs> game. Moving yes, on. but beyond that, like. <laughs> Nothing else is the same. Since like, we brought up civilization, let's move on. <laughs> civilization. Uh, next up on the list is Frostpunk. Again, sud only. Uh, Frostpunk is actually way more similar to Civilization than fucking Battletech, but <laughs> Frostpunk is a really cool st- survival sim game that is a survival sim sort of expanded out to a city. So you, got, you guys have all watched Snowpiercer, right? Oh yeah, no. I love that movie. So good. Yeah. This is like Snowpiercer the game. So did you Except, you saw that that theory video I posted you right? I need to see that theory still. It makes me so angry. No. I don't <laughs> even want to think about it. <laughs> okay. That it's Willy Wonka's world. <laughs> it, yes. We're done. Said <laughs> <laughs> too much already. It's it's a it's a crazy video. Just search fucking Snowpiercer conspiracy theory or whatever. But this is like Snowpiercer if you were like a city management sim. And so you're in a frozen uh, world where you're trying to keep the city alive. And it's like Victorian London, but like an ice age has occurred. And it really asks you... steampunk, but with ice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's really asking you to keep um, the townspeople alive in an extremely like brutal fashion. And so... Thank you, Ben. Uh, that was really insightful. Uh, and so what it really asks you to do is just like really tough decisions. And so it just throws a lot of scenarios at you that just ask you to make the similar sort of decision-making that you would in a regular city sim game, um, but it's framed in a, in a way that is, is sort of like an emotionally gut-wrenching thing. So one example is I had to let a child starve to death or freeze to death because he wanted to see his mother who had died the previous cold snap, like the previous week. And so he went into the graveyard and he wouldn't leave. And like all the other kids were wondering like, oh, if we go with this him to the graveyard, maybe we'll see our parents too. And I had to bar the gates and not, and like let this child freeze to death outside. And that was like for the good of the city. Um, another example is there, I ran really low on coal and I had to make a part of my city work uh, 24-hour shifts 
And that was not because I needed the coal, but I knew that they would die and there I wouldn't have to feed them. And so I'd actually have enough resources <laughs> to survive the next week. So it, it, it asks these incredibly difficult questions. It's a great game and it's a really great city management sim. The only problem I have with it is that as you play iterations of the map, you can start to see the same scenarios come up and like this sort of the, yeah. you can see behind the mirror and right. you can and you can sort of plan for it because you, you, you it, there's really not that many. It was an indie game. There are releasing a bunch of new scenarios and I think as more scenarios get thrown in, you can have different remixes. Um, but it's a really cool game and it, it really asks really interesting decisions and I always love games with emergent stories, especially in like a strategy uh, place or like a strategy in a strategy game like Crusader Kings and this really scratched that itch for me so it's really great I, I, I do recommend it it's pretty cheap as well on Steam nice um, next is Total War Saga Thrones of Britannia also uh, set only yeah this is I'm gonna be super quick uh, if you like Total War um, this is just a really great expansion for Total War uh, it unlike other Total War games which really do suffer from feature bloat this is a pretty pared down uh, version of the game and, and that's because you know frankly this is in like the dark ages so you really don't have to deal with like a lot of things like cavalry troop formations things like that and it's all in the game and it can be it can you can use it if you want to but if you just want to watch like these armies clash together it's it's fine um it's an interesting expansion pack uh but you know it tells an interesting story that's not really explored well um it covers a lot of the stuff that is covered in the netflix series the last kingdom if you guys ever heard of that which is like a retelling of the Norman invasion of England. And so okay. it's pretty interesting that way. Uh, but it's good. It's fine. It's a good strategy. Is it a standalone thing? I don't just... know. I'm pretty sure it's an expansion pack, but I'm not sure. Top of my head. Gotcha. All right, I get the next couple. Uh, next up is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. So Bloodstained is a game that got kickstarted uh, from the creator of the Castlevania series, and it's, it's basically just Castlevania. Um, it's kind of retreading those roots. And so Curse of the Moon, from the impression I got, and I haven't super looked into it, it's just kind of like, hey, Bloodstained itself is taking a, taking us a while. So here's something to kind of tide everyone over. It kind of came out of nowhere, more or less. It's super cheap. And it's the characters from the upcoming Curse of the Moon, uh, from the upcoming Bloodstained, in a very Castlevania one type game. If you know, it has the very like original Nintendo graphics. It's the like dedicated jump parts. It's the, yeah. Kevin, can I ask a question? What's up? So this isn't the game they were releasing. No. Oh, this is like a, a, a appetizer kind of. Yeah. It's super short. Like it's, it's almost like a reimagining of Castlevania on the Nintendo. Like, it's, if you're pretty good, you can beat it in an hour and a half. You know, you just move level to level. It has the very 8-bit graphics. The, you know, it almost looks like you're looking at Castlevania. And Do so, we know if the new Bloodstained is, it like, the same mechanics? I would assume so. I mean, uh, especially based on this. Like, um... I mean, it's not going to be an 8-bit eight castle, but it's going to be much more, like, the actual Bloodstained is going to be much more, uh, you know, Symphony of the Night DS. kind of a game. So, DS like, style. a 32-bit game? I, I think it's going to be... 
I don't think it's gonna be pixel art. I think it's gonna be like actual. Oh, not hand drawn, but like animated and stuff. Yeah, stylized, yeah. like the DS. Yeah, games. I don't know. I I knew that game was gonna blow up. I didn't bother backing Bloodstained, especially because I enjoy the Castlevania games, but I was never like huge. So I was like, this is gonna go anyway. I don't care. I'll get it when it comes out. Well, this uh, is but like I did grab this, and it was super short. It's hard without being like it's not Castlevania hard, but it's hard <laughs> enough. Was this designed by Igarashi as well? Oh, wow. Okay. And it's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Very cool. Uh, next is Pokemon Quest for <laughs> the Nintendo Switch and mobile. Uh, there's not much to say. It's a free little Pokemon game where it's almost like an idle game. You build a little team. You send them what? out. They'll auto-attack. Yeah, it's it's very like, weird. Idle game? Yeah, like you haven't heard of clicker. idle games? Uh, no. Can you explain the genre? Uh, yeah, so idle games are essentially, yeah, so Cookie Clicker is one of the most common ones. It has giant cookie on the screen, you click it, you get one cookie, and then you just keep clicking it, and eventually you have enough cookies that you can buy an upgrade that it'll auto-click for you, and then you keep clicking it and you buy more of those. And... Oh, so it's idle, I-D-L-E, not I-D-O-L? Wait, yes. so is it literally like those games you see like people playing in comedies where like they're on their phone playing a game and it's just them clicking something over and over again? You're like, that can't be a real game. But those yeah, are real games? Really those are real games. Yeah. yeah, the idle genre is very real. That's why Kevin thinks it's, it's the like... game of the year. <laughs> It's like Simpson. Uh, like I can I can deal with games like Simpsons Tapped Out, where you just kind of like show up, click on a bunch of stuff, and then peace out for like seven hours. That's an idle game. But like, right? maybe I've never to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. Um, but so like they're for all Pokemon Quest. Games. They're like all the Pokemon are very blocky and they're designed differently, but still super recognizable. You build a little team, you send them out on the, into the field, and they'll automatically kind of run around and start attacking other Pokemon. Um, but they have moves at the bottom that you can tell them when to uh, use. So, like, they'll just kind of, you know, headbutt each other, and you can tell them to do Gust or Thundershock or whatever to move the fight along. But nine times out of ten, they would just win it on their own if you did nothing. Gust doesn't uh, and then do any you can... damage, Kevin. <laughs> um but then you can, uh, you know, you'll get more Pokemon as you move along, and you get items to help them level up and heal them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's fine to waste time. It's a free game, so whatever, but it's nothing to write home about. So it's on the mobile and Switch? Yes. Android and iOS? I assume so. I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next <laughs> is a controversial title. Fortnite Battle Royale, aka okay. dog shit predator uh, <laughs> game. Um, I'm the playing only one. All the kid games. Yeah, I'm the oh. only one of the four of us who spent any amount of time, and I've actually put a good amount of time into Fortnite. Uh, the Battle Royale floss. genre has. Do been you have any solo? Do you have any solo wins? Yeah, um, you I, I have a that? couple. <laughs> All yeah. the time. Did you take pictures of the screen and then show everyone? I did not. On the bus. How many how many twelve year olds have you groomed online? 
<laughs> All of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, but so. How many yeah, times the, has Chris Hansen asked you to take a seat? Oh my god, I'm moving along. <laughs> Fucking, we're not spending five minutes of just pedophile jokes talking about Fortnite. Do they make fun of you for being old? Anyway, so battle royale genre has obviously been blowing up for the last year, especially, and Fortnite is far and away the biggest one. Um, it technically came out in 2017, but it wasn't anywhere near what it was until early 2018 when they started introducing skins and emotes and dances and all that kind of stuff. Have you seen um, the new mode that's coming out? Where, no. um, where basically you can like create whatever you want, like weird maps and they have like cars and stuff. No, I mean, I know that they have the cars and stuff, but Kevin, why do but, you like this game? I mean, it's, it's an interesting game, and, um, you know, the the Battle Royale aspect is fun. Honestly, at this point, uh, I, I'm not Kevin, in like, the stress of even olds. doing solos, so a lot of the time I would do 50v50 matches instead, uh, because then it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter if I die really early. And a lot of the times I make it near the end when it becomes these absurd, you know, 50-on-50 person battles. Uh, is there a building fun. element to it? Like you have to yes. build shit? Okay. Yeah, so you can build walls and ramps, floors. Um, and so that's going to be your biggest thing. That was one of the biggest things that set it apart for from PUBG, which is if you have a giant field in PUBG and you run across it, you're just fucked. Somebody's going to snipe you in the head and you're just, you got nothing. You're in a field. What are you going to do? In Fortnite, you can run across that field because if somebody starts shooting at you, you can throw up some walls, throw up a ramp, start shooting back, and have it be, you know, like a, a battle. And so, at the very least, I think that's what helped it explode because that makes it a much more streamer-friendly game. Uh, because a lot of PUBG, uh, you know, fights just revolve around finding the best bush you can and sitting in it until you can snipe a couple people and make it to the end. Whereas Fortnite is consistently much more mobile. You're running around constantly because you don't have to worry about that uh, to nearly the same extent. Kevin, as I recall, you would sit in a bush, play WoW, snipe someone, and then go back to WoW. You could also do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would occasionally just sit in a bush if I had, like, a challenge to make it to the top ten or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So, it's just, it really blew PUBG out of the water, and now everyone has a Battle Royale mode. Counter-Strike has Battle Royale, Call of Duty does. Like, everyone's getting into it. Uh, but Who's next? Fortnite is the god king. What's the difference between Battle Royale and, like, just a regular free-for-all mode? Uh, Battle Royale generally has 100 people. I haven't seen many free-for-alls that go that large with it. Okay. Alright. Uh, next is Mario Tennis Aces, which Ben oh played. God. It's a fun game. It uh, is really entertaining. I would put it in... Um... The same kind of entertainment as Strikers, where it's really fun until you start mastering 
like the special move, then the game just becomes who can like survive specials better than the other person. Uh huh. But um, I really enjoy it. There's all sorts of like they have like a story mode with it, which um, is puts you in all sorts of different kind of silly Mario-based tennis challenges, like um, hitting something through a mirror and then it like moves around and shoots the ball somewhere else. So I mean, it it's really fun and entertaining. I enjoyed it as um, as something. I mean. It's a it's a good multiplayer like um like party game. Well, I mean, does it stay good once you've reached that point you discussed earlier, or does it become well, almost I, like I, I like it where... when well uh, playing online is a different story. But when I was playing with Dave and you know we were both learning together and we're on equal platforms, it's really fun because you have these long volleys and stuff like that. But when you're playing against someone of higher skill, it's it's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> how much they can crush you, you know? Mm-hmm. But for playing it with someone who's on the same par with you, it's really entertaining. Cool. You said there was a single-player mode to this? Yeah, there's like a little story mode, kind of like how Smash has the not-subspace emissary. <laughs> oh, so it's not like... Mario's trying to win Wimbledon. It's just sort of no. Better. It's just sort of okay. like Mario's yeah, on be a such boat. A better game. Mario's with on like a bunch of like pro tennis players. It's just like Mario. And there's the queen to give Mario the trophy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be so good if like Mario was in fucking Wimbledon if, and he's had to like win if Wimbledon. You're, if you're listening, Reggie, I'm available. <laughs> to do what? Make this game. Oh, okay. You can't code. What are you talking about? No, just make it. Yeah, I'll just direct it from the chair. I don't think you realize how powerful sheer force of will can be. It'd be right. so funny to see, like, Waluigi, like, breaking his racket in rage as he gets knocked out of the first round. Fighting with right, some let's keep moving. famous tennis player. Alright, next we have No Man's Sky. Uh, technically, this should say No Man's Sky next. Obviously, No Man's Sky came out a couple years ago, but this year they released a huge update that really overhauled the game. Uh, Matt and Sud both played it. Matt, why don't you tell us what you thought about No Man's Sky next? It's a very niche game. It's not for everyone. It's not even for, like, a smaller audience than everyone. I mean, it's for, like, a very <laughs> small kind of crowd of people. Um, I will say people. it has a very endearing and fun community to follow, even when I'm not really playing the game that much. Like, I haven't played it in probably since, like, the, the thing came out, you know. Um, but for what it is I mean it really sucks that it kind of went through all the shit that it went through with its development and kind of like the miss the rush release <clears throat> no not the rush release but like the kind of like literal public mistake yeah misinformation from the oh, lead yeah. developers and people bought a game that wasn't the game they thought they were going to get but it's gorgeous. It's fun. It's kind of relaxing. Um, I don't. I don't think it's game of the year worthy at all. <laughs> if it, Boom. Let me say, Take if it, that, No Man's Sky. If they released the game 
that everyone thought they were going to release, it potentially could have been. Uh, can I? I'm gonna take an opposite tack to Matt. I think this is the most unique game on this list because it is extremely meditative, and it's really creative. It's about it's about your creation and your exploration, and then now that you can actually run into other people and see their physical bodies and like physical players, it just changes the dynamic of the game so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the amount of community that's been driven by the next update is pretty remarkable. So I know that they said a lot of shit, but this game is something special. You know, it really is something special. And it is so unique, and it's so calm, and it's so beautiful. And it really evokes for me something that's, like, beyond humanity, which is something kind of cool, I think. You know, it's not about our struggles here on Earth. It's about exploring. It's about seeing new things, and it's about being collaborative to find those new things. I think that's really cool. I would also say something about it is um, if you didn't buy it when it first came out because of potential controversies, um, right now you could find it extremely cheap in a lot of places, and um, you get you know, a much better deal than the people who bought it at retail like I did. Because the next I, I do update wanna... is free, right? They've all been free, yeah. They're, they're all free updates. Um, one more thing I want to say about this game is like, it is for a niche audience, but there are players who just play this game. You know, yeah. like this is their game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool that they found something that's just so unique that just speaks to them yeah. uh, in that way. Like and it, so, like, God bless. I, it's really cool. I do still follow the community, even though, like, I, I'm on, I follow the, the No Man's Sky subreddit because, like, it does have, like, good content because like the people who do play it they do find beautiful things they make beautiful things they they make giant gardens and stuff they have they have their own little memes and things that nobody would get but the people who either play the game or follow the community so i mean cool uh next up is chasm pronounced chasm uh <laughs> tell us about chasm so, <laughs> uh, so Chasm is a kickstarted game uh, that I actually backed which at this point Whoa. I can't even totally remember the reasoning wh- why the kickstarter was back in 2013 and it just came out earlier this year um, of the game I've backed a handful of games and this is probably the one that's cash. yeah this is the one that's probably received the second most attention after Shuffle Knight uh, which obviously became a huge success. Um, but this was showing up at a lot of uh, video game conventions and that kind of stuff and received a lot of attention. And looking back now, I'm not honestly totally sure why. It's kind of a fantasy Metroidvania with uh, you know procedurally generated maps and everything. And it all, it all works, but... You know, this is so it is a roguelike story. Yes. Okay. No, no. that's not true. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's a game that we've seen on Kickstarter a hundred million times, and this doesn't really do anything that those other games haven't all done. Uh, none of the enemies I fought were terribly interesting. A horrific amount of them early on just walk left to right in a very set path without responding to the player at all 
Um, and so it was it was fine. It was competent. I didn't run into any bugs. It never crashed. Um, Do you think it took too long to release? That might be it. Because, uh, yeah, I think maybe if it released 2015 and they would put that out, that'd be great. But, like, now it's just an okay game in a whole slew of these, you know, Metroidvania games and yeah. doesn't really do anything to stand on its own. Uh, so, I don't regret it, but it's just it's whatever. Uh, if you can get it cheap, then it's fine. <laughs> uh, next is Dead Cells, which Ben played, and I've yes. seen this get a ton of attention. It is like a 2D Metroidvania slash Dark Souls and uh, you start out as this blob of cells and you infect a uh, pile of bones and then you become a skeleton dude and your journey is to go right <laughs> and it's very Dark Souls in which they tell you no plot but you find um rooms and letters and stuff like that and you're just supposed to like piece the story together like who was this person that you're using as a body what are you that whole thing and it's um you know it's it's very roguelike because whenever you die you go right back to the start of the area and eventually you find shortcuts and faster ways to progress through um i see why people like this and it is a very pop it, like I can see why it's a very popular speedrunning game because there's so many ways you can just keep doing it faster and faster like buying buffs and stuff like that mm -hmm. but um it's really fun and the progression in the game makes it very enjoyable like it's not it's not like um Dark Souls where if you die you lose all those souls and you have to make it back. Um, to get farther in the game, in order to go to the next level, you have to spend all the stuff you've earned in that level previous. Mm -hmm. So you'll just keep going and then you'll unlock new stuff, you'll get access to new weapons. It's pretty fun. I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great, like, uh, portable game. So if you can get it on the Switch, do it. Um, according to this, it, yeah, it released on Nintendo Switch, so nice. there you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, next is Overcooked 2. Um, if you've never played the Overcooked series, uh, Overcooked 2 is essentially just more of Overcooked. With, is Overcooked uh, like Dine and Dash, like one of those like serving Not games? Really. Okay. No, so essentially what Overcooked is, is you and up to you know three other people, so it's one to four player game. Uh, your chef's in the kitchen and orders are coming in and so it's like chicken burrito somebody has to grab rice throw it in the pot to cook somebody else has to chop up a chicken throw it in the uh, pot to cook and then once those are done throw them on a burrito throw it on a plate deliver it and more orders are just constantly coming in, constantly coming in so whoa the chefs also to... have to expedite yeah, That's so you're trying to be kitchen. like, all right, I need two chickens and a beef and, like, beans and trying to get everything ready, and it just becomes super hectic. And then uh, that is compounded by later levels having kitchens be super crazy stuff, like 
oh, now the kitchen is on the back of two semis. And so <laughs> all of the food is on one semi and all the stoves are on the other semi. So when they're close together, you have to hurry up and transfer everything over before they separate. And one person is like, and everybody's stuck on one thing with stuff on the stove that's about to catch on fire. Sounds uh, way like, too uncanny valley for me. How is that uncanny valley? Because that is not how cooking is. <laughs> uh, I bought the first one because I had heard it was a good couples game, and it absolutely is. Uh, Kara and I had a blast. Uh, you need. Yeah, you're engaged to, now because of Overcooked yeah, too. You need to be in a relationship where you can get really angry at each other and then have that go away when you turn off the game. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> there is a lot of yelling as like, no, I fucking said chicken. I don't need any more beef. I will murder you. Um, I mean, that is a little good. accurate. For a kitchen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, again, uh, both games are super good. Uh, there's not necessarily nice. a reason to get uh, the second game over the first one, but you should absolutely play one or the other, and if <laughs> you beat one and need more puzzles buy the other one it's on the switch yes it is on I'm, pretty much everything i'm gonna get it i played a lot of overcooked one it's it's genuinely great and the story is hilarious i'm gonna buy it yeah new party right, game uh, hell yeah next is a big one war well, world of warcraft battle for azeroth it's the new expansion for wow all of us have played it uh sud why don't you tell us about that Sure, this is an expansion. Uh, I can't remember which... What, what's the number on this, expansion-wise? want to say... Six. six. I was going to say five. Okay. Um, so this is an expansion to one of the greatest games ever made, which is World of Warcraft. Um, it's also probably one of the most divisive expansions ever, besides maybe Mr. Pandaria. A lot of people don't like this expansion. A lot of people really do like this expansion. This expansion will always hold a warm place in my heart because this is the first time we all started playing together again after a long period of time. And we all skipped Legion uh, and you know really dove into this one together. And playing it is really great. It really brought back a lot of fond memories of being a teenager in high school and then being in college when we were all living together. The only problem I have is that I just don't have enough time for the game and the mechanics are 16 years old. So a lot of these games that we've mentioned, the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is really fun, but the actual act of playing the 16-year-old game, like moment-to-moment, -moment, is not fun at all. Yeah, pressing one, and two, so three, four, and so for me, I don't timing. really like. I, it's not that I don't like the game; it's just not for me anymore. You know, I'm yeah. not. I don't have enough time and, and hours in the day to devote to playing this game. But there are some times, like playing, especially like mythic raids with you guys or mythic dungeons, like late at night. That I will always remember. Yeah, and I'm really sure. grateful to that, you know? And so World of Warcraft is one of the greatest games ever made. This expansion has introduced new memories for me. It's a series that I probably will not buy another expansion from again. Um, but it's something special, and I'm really glad I have one more uh, run through the expansion. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's yeah. my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even have any excitement or anticipation for buying this expansion at all by the way i looked it up it's the seventh expansion oh, oh wow okay I'm wrong uh but you know we had 
friends who were getting back into it and we had our old guild that was trying to reform to an extent and so the you know i i was down for the concept of playing with old friends again set nostalgia uh, so to than, overdrive yeah more so than i cared about uh the new expansion itself uh, especially given I always play Horde and I've never really cared about the trolls and this is a very troll-heavy expansion uh, for the Horde side. Uh, yeah, I can't really... I wasn't, like, blown away. It was fun. I got to the max level. I did a fair amount of stuff at Endgame. It's all I'm the story. Sure, yeah, I'm sure I'll go back uh, from time to time because I have <laughs> another five months worth of uh, subscription, but... I I can't say I'm super drawn to it on its own merits. Yeah, yeah I would agree with what everyone said. Um, I think it's it was a good expansion to kind of like like I think what we experienced with it is what most people did. Like I feel like it had like a huge kind of kind of like small resurgence in old like returning subscribers. Um, so yeah, it it accomplished its mission. I'll say I'm really glad we played. Yeah. Like, no joke. I'm really glad we played. It, it's a successful ex- expansion regardless, I mean, of the controversies. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it goes next. Yeah, like I'm, I'm interested about maybe 40%. Alright. Nice. 40% is... of what? Of interest out of a hundred, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. He's a robot now. He knows the percentages. Alright, so Ben's going to tell us about My Hero One's Justice, which only yeah. he played. Yeah, um, during the time where, between the time of Dragon Ball Fighters and Smash, this had come out, and Dave picked it up and brought it over, and I was like, alright, let's try this. I... One. Hey Ben, can you explain what this is first? Because okay. it doesn't make sense. It for is the title. a fighting game. It is a My Hero Academia. Yeah, based on Thank the you. on the hit anime My Hero Academia. Yeah, which or is, Boko yeah, no Hero not, Academia for you weebs. Because that does not come across in the title at all. It's I crazy. Was, Why is that the title? Like, yeah. no one would know. I was super surprised when I Googled what that was because I expected none of us to check it off. And when Ben did, I was just like, what kind of crazy weeb hole has Ben fallen into? Well, luckily, Dave is Dave's my, my window to the depths of weebery. And so <laughs> I can see within but not go too far. It's like awful marketing. Like, why would you create a title based on this property and not put the fucking title of the property in there? Uh, I guess they, assu- I guess they assumed my hero would every catch everyone's attention. Name and name another anime game where they didn't put the title of the anime. In well, there's the two. There's game. two I mean, words from the title in the an- in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's not honestly, the full if title. it was called Hero Aka One's Justice. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, it's it's still bad, but it's a little better. But it, yeah. it's still bad. But anywho, it's a 3D uh, anime fighting game. It's it's uh, less complicated than most fighting games. Um, it tries to play on the fact that it uses um, 3D a lot. So if you 
Um, if you like, it follows like it does like the Naruto thing. So if you hit them on the side of of a wall, they'll automatically be standing on the wall as if it was normal gravity. Oh no! Yeah, so you get these. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you, so you get these weird angles sometimes. The camera's like, who do I position on? Who has priority? Is this like the old Dragon Ball games where it's like? from behind the back yeah it's a full 3d yeah oh i thought it was gonna be on a 2d plane well it's not it's not a huge area yeah that would have made this that would have made this like bearable but no it's a 3d fighting game in like a small arena it's not like the um tenkaichis where you can just fly around all crazy but the the maps are a lot smaller but it still suffers from the 3d fighting game aspect and with these and with the camera adjusts for the for the different angles, it can just be so disorienting. Has there ever been a good 3D fighter? I mean, people really liked uh, Tenkaichi 3, right? Wasn't that... Yeah, but those guys are weebs. Like, they don't have a real opinion. <laughs> well, then... Like, what's an actual Soul good game? Caliber 6? It's not... No, 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 no. That is not a 3D fighter. How dare you? <laughs> it's very clearly on a 2D plane. Don't say that shit. You pivot. You pivot. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's very meh. I just just play Dragon Ball Fighters or just watch the show and enjoy the show for what it is. You don't need to you don't need to pretend to be Deku in in this video game for sure. All right, because Sub brought it up, Soul Calibur Six, which I think only Sub played. Soul Calibur Six is the best Soul Calibur ever made. It's awesome. I need to get it. It it's it's so fucking fun. Uh, the characters are great. It's a great bring like, they brought back all everyone's favorites from two which is the previous best soul caliber game and added some really great additions to the roster uh the creator character is bonkers <laughs> that uh, is true it it's so funny to watch like people as like hank hill or like sonic fight <laughs> in soul caliber it's it's got its own meme community which is just hilarious uh it's the best this series has ever been the announcer's more ridiculous than ever. Like, they just embrace the over-the-top bullshit nature of Soul Calibur. And so every time they're, the announcer's just like, the wheels of fate are turning! What will happen? And I'm just like, yes, this is the Soul Calibur shit I remember as a kid. It's Except so good. Except from Blaze um, Blue. Uh, no, he says it too. I agree it's from <laughs> Blaze Blue. But, like, the, the, the guy will say things like that. And so I was playing um, with our friend Dana once... And, you know, she she is a very competitive player and she can talk some shit. And so I just started acting like the announcer in front of her. And I was just like, the man desired a sandwich and yet none was forthcoming. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like various shit like that. And Power just, Stone announcers comes to mind. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a forgotten age of announcers. Ridiculous you know? announcers. Yeah, where they're just like, they just like talk about, is time a linear fashion? Or is there something more to life? And you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <it's> so, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. Heaven or uh, hell, time will decide. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it's so good. And it's all, like, wrapped into this amazing package where, uh, you know, in fighting games, hit detection is super important. And Soul Calibur has some of the best hit detection in any fighting game outside of Dragon Ball Z Fighters. Um, the only problem with this game is that the netcode is awful. Uh, it's really, really bad. 
um, there was a really long time where you could actually change the hitboxes of your created characters. Oh, I heard about this. So, like, you could create the you could create like a giant character with a really small hitbox, and you could never hit the character, and it was just like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, you could like, like you could like hide the person's hitbox with yeah. like a giant hat. So he really and so, and you could take that yeah. and you could take that to ranked, which was what piss was pissing off everybody. It's ridiculous they allowed that. And then the other problem is that like most of this game's fun is from the creative character and there's no way to search for anything like it's all through pages like you can't you can't search yeah. sonic and i think it's because of like copyright issues or something but it's a real downside because that's like half the fun of the game yeah. um but the community's hilarious like even if you don't buy the game just go on reddit and follow this this whole caliber six reddit and you'll have a great time uh it's an awesome game and, and i think it's sold really well and it's really happy it, or it really makes me happy because I think Soul Calibur is one of the most up and down fighting game franchises of all time. Where I think like two is good, four is good, and everything else is bad. Uh, and then six is awesome. And so six is the best one in the series, and you guys should all play it. It's awesome. Next is Into the Breach. If you liked FTL, you'll like this. Did you just check that super last minute, Ben? I played it. I own it. Yeah, you. It was fucking unchecked until literally as I read the title of the game. I know. I checked it. Do your fucking due diligence, damn it. <laughs> I did. I did before. I told I you to read through this list again. It, I'm gonna it said turn it in before midnight. You. I did it right at midnight. <laughs> Still good. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Into the breach is a uh, super simple. Uh, I mean simple but complicated strategy game turn-based yeah you military have, uh, just the three what? units and you get to yeah it's not a military shooter it, well i meant like i meant like um things oh, what's it called? are shot the, the ds game with andy <laughs> that's Vance not oh my yeah. god Vance Wars. you're Anymore. killing me <laughs> i literally don't care anymore i don't even know what this game's about now <laughs> it's like Advance Wars. It's, it's like CSGO. No, wait. It's like uh, God of War. No, wait. It's like... Uh, God of Gokami. War is in this genre. Fuck. So yes, it's kind of like Advance Wars if you only had three units and you got to see wh exactly what the enemy was doing on the next turn. Uh, but it's interesting in how often... Because it's like... Every turn is like a puzzle. Because you know exactly where the enemy is going to move, where they're going to shoot, and you have to, you know, balance how much damage you can take with how many civilians you can let die. And you only have a few turns to do it in. Yeah. It's like a military shooter. <laughs> yeah, you gotta think tactically. But yeah, so it's good stuff. Uh, next is Spider-Man. Uh, Here Matt, we go. Tell us about Spider-Man for the PS4. Um, I will say that while I don't think... Um, Spider-Man gets my vote for Game of the Year. I will say it is one of the games I had the most fun playing this year. Um, it was great to have a superhero game come out that was like really worth playing all the way through, collecting everything, looking at every nook and cranny. I can't even remember the last superhero game I played since this one came out. Um, maybe Batman, the sequel, uh, Arkham City, was probably the last superhero game I played. Um, 
Have there been that many? I mean, I'm sure there have been. There's been a decent amount of Batman games. There's probably there's four Batman <clears throat> games, right, or three. Yeah, I don't want to go through it all right now, but yeah. um, the game is you know like many games on this list, gorgeous, top notch, sound design, um, swinging through the city is incredibly fun. The story is really well done too. It's like one of the better. Spider-Man stories that has come out probably since Spider-Man 2 the movie nice. um, I like it a whole lot I can't wait to see the sequel that's what I'm most you know most. Ex- are you guys getting the DLC? Um, I haven't got it yet but I want to um, seems like they're all relatively short didn't they just isn't it they just released the last part of it yeah, three of them are out. They don't. They don't really seem too exciting to me. I don't know if I was like really, really, really into the characters that the DLC is about, which uh, is I'm not really too excited about. Then maybe I would get into it. But like, I'm really kind of like craving Venom. <laughs> after seeing the Venom, I know after seeing the Venom movie, I just really want like some Venom <laughs> action <laughs> with. Spider-Man in a game. I just no, you're I getting so you're much. getting Topher Grace Venom next. Ben, you played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Why do you hate video games? Oh yeah, um, I bought this because uh, a buddy of mine said like I I played the other ones and I was like why not? It's it's on sale on Steam. Let's play it. Um, it's pretty meh. In comparison, like, I prefer the second Tomb Raider over this one. I didn't like, like this one that much. The second Tomb Raider or the, the, the second, second like, the, of the new stuff? Yeah, of the new stuff. Yeah, second of the, the new rebooted Tomb Raider series. Although Terminator 2 was a pretty revolutionary title. Like, I didn't, I didn't even beat it. <laughs> I mean Tomb Raider 2, not Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is it going with this? Like, in terms of movies? Sure. Like, <laughs> apples, to or- wow. apples to oranges. Never never saw that coming. Huh. FIFA 19. Go, yeah, son. Tell us about 50 ni- FIFA 19. <laughs> 50 19. Uh, 50 19, aka FIFA 19, is the best soccer game ever made. Whoa. Um,. It, it like so if you think about soccer games there's really two it's pro evolution soccer and fifa and they've been fighting each other for decades now and uh pro evolution just lost to the rights to the champions league and la liga and so that's all in fifa so fifa's honestly the most authentic package in terms of licenses and player likenesses the story mode through the rpg uh the journey mode is actually really good uh, and it's just a pretty complete package. I mean, this is where all the EA money goes into it, and it really shows. Okay. So it's a really great sports game. That's cool. Uh, next is me talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, yeah, I mentioned this a lot. I played it through the Project Stream, and it's interesting the direction they took it in. Uh, we talked about how uh, God of War has some RPG mechanics, and... <laughs> In that vein, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has some MMO mechanics. Uh, they have a lot of the 
loot with the tiers of, you know, common rare, art, common legendary, all that. Um, and, like, you're just finding a ton of loot all the time. You can find, like, rare and legendary bosses, essentially, to get more. And you're fighting mercenaries to get even more loot. Fucking, you're just constantly, like, half that game is throwing away fucking shoulder pads that aren't worth anything because you have better shoulder pads. Um, it's a very interesting direction uh, for Assassin's Creed to have gone in. Uh, I can't say I hate it, but it's now a game that feels less like it's about the story at all, and it's more about just killing people for the loot. Which is fine. It's just very different. Uh, Super Mario Party for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's fucking... It's Mario Party. <laughs> like This is like the 14th Mario Party game. Uh, it didn't really do anything that you wouldn't There's expect no super from Mario fun. Party. Is there Penguin Panic? Not that I ran into. Ugh, but yeah, God help us if it's... Only real Mario Party games have Penguin Panic. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was fine. If you want Mario Party on the Switch, it's really your only choice. Um, but I didn't hate it. It just didn't blow my mind. It didn't convince me to buy it. After uh, buying so, it? What? You said you it didn't convince you to buy it? No, I played it over at a friend's house. Oh, I, I see. Okay. I, I, you know, kind of wanted to have a Mario Party for myself to have for when people are over, but you have Smash. I have other part. Yeah, I have other party games that are. I think I'd rather play with friends than yeah. Mario Party. Quiplash. Uh, let's go ahead and have Ben talk about Red Dead Redemption oh, Two. Man. Okay. Which you're well, definitely coming back to. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come back to this, but it is a wonderful game with plenty to do, and what a successor to the previous game that came before it. That's, that's, I mean, we're going <laughs> to come, we're going to yeah. come back to this. Fair enough. Yeah, in about three minutes. Yeah. Uh, and the last on our list. Uh, is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, which just came out. I think we all went pretty heavy on it because we decided to have a podcast episode dedicated purely to Smash Bros. Uh, it's Smash Brothers. Like, it has a roster of 74 characters, uh, all of the crazy stages and items you could ever want, and as of... Sunday, it still had the Isabel glitch where you could have a character summon an infinite amount of any assist trophy, which was fun to experience, and I don't know if they've patched that out yet. Uh, so now we're going to go ahead and, from that list of all the games we've played, uh, we're each going to do our top three and then kind of discuss those before we head on our merry way. Uh, we went ahead and did the rundown of all those games so people could know what we were uh, what we were looking at and why their favorite game didn't make it onto one of our top 30s. None of us played Nino Kuni. None of us played uh, other games. <laughs> if we didn't talk about it before now... <laughs> <laughs> I had I had another <laughs> You're looking at the list, aren't you? 
It's like right there. <laughs> I had another uh, big uh, name, big release in my head that none of us played that totally blanked on. But the point is, if we didn't list it, if we didn't talk about it before now, then none of us played it. And so that's the reason, at the very least, it didn't make it into the top three. Uh, so let's go ahead and go with Sud first. Uh, my top three in no order uh, is God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, and I actually think I'm going to say Monster Hunter World. Yeah, I'll go with Monster Hunter World. Um, I'd say Monster Hunter World is distant third to those two, and for me it's a real struggle between God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a good struggle to have because I think they're two games that do wildly different things, uh, and I think they're both really interesting viewpoints as to where the triple a game space is going yeah all right ben all right mine would all uh be uh red dead redemption god of war and dragon ball fighters all right matt top three um my top three would probably be in no specific order um i'm gonna have to say red dead um spider-man and God of War. Uh, so I'm going to have to go ahead and... Uh, sorry. Jotting this all down. Again, same for me. No specific order. Uh, I was really struggling to find a top one, so we all decided to go with top three. Uh, God of War, Spider-Man, and Monster Hunter World. Oh, nice. Um, and we'll go ahead and discuss all of these, but that does distinctly make God of War the Rouge One Game of the Year with oh, all cool. four of us putting it in our top three. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That worked out well. Yeah. Yay! It's a little bit surprised Smash Brothers didn't get a single vote, but... Um, the only <laughs> reason why I didn't decide on Smash Bros was just because it's it's just so... I mean, it's, it's great, but Smash Bros has like always kind of been great. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a good addition. Well, well, for me, like, the more I play with it, the more I get annoyed about the online. It's so frustrating. The two options. Um, yeah, it's really frustrating. Uh, and it's gotten to the point where I'm, like, actively mad about it. Uh, <laughs> like, it's so dumb that we can't have, like, two games going at the same time or scalable maps. And... I, the game's only as good as its multiplayer, and I think that's fair to say. And if the multiplayer isn't doing it for me, then there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, I mean, for it's the, the best. And for like the hardcore competitor who just wants to do one v ones, no items, you're not gonna get that 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah, correct. it's fucked. It's fucked. Yeah. All right. The so game's let's... amazing, and like if there was just a little bit of care taken into how the yeah, multiplayer functioned online, online, it it would have been. It, I mean, I don't think it's better than Red Dead or God of War, but um, it would definitely have taken Monster Hunter World's place taken, for sure. It would have probably had a better shot of taking Fighter's place if it didn't have a if that was just more convenient. Well, and but for me, a, a big part of it is that, and this is by no means a bad thing. It's it's honestly largely a port of Smash Bros. Four. It's like, and it didn't three really... and two and one. Well, but specifically of four. Yeah, like, yeah. They didn't really, you know, they added all the extra characters, so we have the 74 characters, and then everything else is largely pretty similar. 
The dodge uh, mechanics a little different. They did some tweaks. Yeah, like I, but I find you know watching videos online, uh, the only way I can tell the difference between three and four, uh, between four and ultimate is if there's a character in ultimate that never showed up in Isabel's or there. a stage or something. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters got one vote from Ben. Woo. Uh, let's go ahead and discuss that. We all played it. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, it is, yeah, it is uh, the best Dragon Ball Z fighting game that has been released. I agree. I um, never, I never, I never liked, I, I understood the appeal of the, the Budokais and the Tenkaichis, but I didn't like them that much. It gives me major, um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 nostalgic vibes. For sure, with um, the three on three. It, well, in the yeah. way that some of the combos work and stuff, mm-hmm. um, it has a slightly annoying online which kind of drives it down a little bit but is nowhere near as annoying as the online for the Xenoverse games Let's t- and stamps. Stamps, stamps stamps is quite an amazing <laughs> thing anyone who hasn't played it stamps is just if you're spectating a match you can throw stamps on either side of the screen that only the other people spectating can also see but to the you're, point where you can't even stamps, see the match. The stamps are varied upon your stamp collection. So yeah, only... The stamps are just if, you only, if you don't have good stamps, then you don't have good stamps. Yeah, so the stamps will be anything from, like, uh, Cell about to explode and Mega Fat to Android 18 having an orgasm to Krillin as a child. Uh... But yeah, it, it becomes a dumb little thing in its own as a way to pass the time when you're watching two other people fight. Plus, I like Yeah, the game. game's incredible. Uh, this hit The way that the, the matches move, and it's so well animated. Mm-hmm. And there have been so many awesome moments where like it's like screenshot-worthy or GIF-worthy. Because like, the game looks impossibly cool all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really great. Even the um, most simplest things look super badass and cool. It's all slick. Yeah, it's su- it's super cool. Uh, and if you're a fan of, I mean, we're all fans of Dragon Ball Z, so it's like it's super fan servicey. Oh the yeah. The way that they implemented stuff like the dramatic finishes oh, are awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's such a great touch. Such a love letter to the show. The character interactions, even the characters who never technically should interact, they have little interactions, and it's. It's really funny and yeah, yeah, seeing Ginyu Force interact with Gotenks is so wonderful. Yeah, I like if the actual gameplay aspect of the single player was better, it would probably have made it into my top three. Because nice. I'm I'm not a fighting game person. Playing against you guys is already rough enough, let alone going online and just getting raked across the coals yeah, left and right. Online play was uh, not very fun. Yeah, the single player, all of those scenes, like the story scenes, are really well voice acted. Oh, yeah, it's that's true. At least somewhat interesting of a totally unique story with a new character in it. That's yeah, like she is a good new fits, character. Who fits so well into this show, yeah. Yeah, all of the uh, random interactions with, yeah, all of the characters between, you know, interactions you see all the time, those are still good. Interactions you never actually got to see in the show are great. Uh, But the fact that, like, in between those, you're just 
fighting the same people over and over and over again and the ai is dumb as fucking rocks yeah none of it is fucking difficult unless you really power up the ai difficulty and even when you even even if power you do up the AI, they're, they're just, just getting often damaged yeah, yeah they're just, they're just it's just more number damage. cheating whereas like if you look at smash the ai in smash is is pretty pretty ridiculous at times it's, it's pretty remarkable it's crazy yeah. yeah that's so true I love this game. I just wish I was better at fighting games, and I wish yeah. it wasn't such a like. I wish this wasn't such a pain to play yeah. online. Like, can, can you guys explain the steps as to how you get online? All right. So, you, well, are we talking the post patch? Are we talking post patch or like back in the beginning? Let's just talk about so what I we assume, know. Yeah. So yeah. I assume sudden I have not even played in a while. Uh, so no. when we used to do Tuesday Night Tuzzle, we'd all get online and play together for a couple hours. Like six people. It would be, yeah, you'd start the game and you'd sit through like a bunch of screens popping up telling you it was connecting. Then it would go to the main menu. You'd have to skip past the animated intro, go through some more screens telling you it was connecting, get to the main menu, do start, go to online mode, and then it would throw you into Join a lobby. random... Yeah, a random lobby, which if somebody is not in the same lobby as you, you they basically don't exist. So immediately you have to run around the lobby to the guy who lets you jump to other lobbies. You have to <laughs> discuss with your friends what lobby you're all going to meet in and then US navigate to that lobby. Yeah, to uh, then jump onto the same lobby and sit through a couple more screens telling you about it connecting. Uh, but it always throws you into an auto-join lobby. It makes no attempt to remember what the last lobby you were in last time you loaded the game. So you're doing that whole process every time. And God forbid the servers go down or you lose connection because then you're going through all that or you again. you can't even join the lobby. Or you have to change your name because you can't see the one person who made the lobby, but you can see everybody else. No rooms. Yeah, yeah. and so it was one of those things that worked... Well, and then when you're in, when you have everybody together and you create a room and you're all playing together, then if a match starts and you don't start spectating when the match starts, all you get is to watch two little profile pictures just kind of seizure around and like kind of lunge at each other. Smash the same thing. Yeah, you don't get to actually watch the fight. You just get to sit there and wait until the fight finishes and you can get in there. And God you... forbid you were selecting your team. Like, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The amount of times it's happened to me where I back, I was like, I just want to switch up my team real quick. Someone starts. Drop, oh, great. You lose your order. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. awful. And so when done you're, a lot. When you're watching a, a match, you can't. Then. Yeah. When you're watching a match, you couldn't. You could do nothing except post stamps. So you couldn't edit your team. You couldn't change anything. If if you wanted to change your team, you better have just lost a match and be at the end of the queue because otherwise that's yeah, what you're ending up. You're losing queue. your order. Yeah, they've changed it a lot. Now you can change your teams. Now it remembers what lobby you originally selected in. My God, it's yeah. unacceptable. It shifts. Yeah, it shifts yeah, that for way. sure. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it shifts that way. Obviously, yeah. Um, which is just a testament to how great the base game is. Because yeah. like I still sing its praises. Like it's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it was the first competitive fighter I bought in a really long time. 
you know, and it's it's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for season two because since it sold so well, we're gonna get even more characters. And yeah, I mean, if they introduce some really cool DLC characters, it could be a resurgence, bring me back. Like a really interesting DLC character could bring me back. Yeah. If I could be Piccolo uh, with his hat, man. <laughs> <laughs> If I could be Batman, oh Vegeta, absolutely. It's the same characters before. Yeah, but look. But he has a he's hat. Got a hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next we had two games tied with two votes. We had uh, Spider-Man and Monster Hunter World. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Spider-Man. Uh, the only thing, like, Spider-Man, honestly, is, if I had to rank them as would probably be a pretty definitive third for me, only because um, outside of the web swinging, it doesn't... There's no real innovation within the game itself. Everything it does, it does really well, but is stuff that other things have done before. Uh, you know, like, one thing people give a lot of praise to is the backpack collectibles, which are everywhere and they're easy to find and they're easy to collect and they give you something a little snippet of spider-man history when you collect them but it's still just a fucking collectible they all get marked on your map you just track them down and you pick them up and like yeah typical sure, typical you know sandbox objective they just put yeah oh, it's you know it's one of the best versions of a collectible but Right, still it's still what it really is. At it least is. it's not a feather. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a fuck ton of them. They're easy to find. And, like, they do give you a small, that small kind of snippet of a reward. And, I mean, the backpacks are the best version of that. The stuff like the landmarks don't even really give you that most of the time. The pigeons are aggravating. I didn't really have a problem with them. The fact that there are 12 helped... Um, um, the combat, uh, felt, it was, it was good, but I, th I said this in a previous episode where it just didn't feel quite as fair. It felt very similar to Arkham games without being quite as fair. It's by uh, because... Insomniac Games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah the but one so, thing like... that, that differs it, I think, from Arkham is where Batman he gets like armor and stuff like like Spider-Man. Well, there are a lot of things you can do to increase your um, defense and survivability. He is still pretty weak, even towards the end of the game. Like I still found myself getting kind of like walloped by normal dudes. Well, yeah, and that's probably part of the thing that made the stuff I ran into that much more annoying where I dodge over a guy and then he just fucking slide 20 yeah, feet. Yeah, the anim anyway. animation clips are always kind of weird with some of these new beat em up games where Lock people on. get, yeah, they get stuck in animations and they just sort of like, well, he's supposed to be hitting you, so he's going to hit you. <laughs> so his yeah, torso is going to stretch 30 feet, but his legs are going to be locked to the ground. Yeah, so in the later stages of the game where they're throwing a ton of guys at you and a lot more shields and armor and that kind of stuff. Explosions. Like, that stuff started to build up and really, it like, causes the game to suffer somewhat for me. Uh, but the story and the voice acting and everything is incredible. It's definitely one of the... 
in in that sense is definitely very easily up there. Yeah, voice acting alone is really good. Really good, Peter Parker. I kind of wish he was a little bit more of like a a um. I don't know. I feel like a lot of his quirps were good, but he didn't really have any of those like deep quirps. You know what I mean? What's I, a quirk? Yeah. Like <laughs> the things he says, his little his little quips? spideys, quips, quips, yeah. Quips, 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 quibbity doops. <laughs> yeah. Um, he wasn't spidery enough. <laughs> yeah, he could have been a little more edgy. Oh, okay. People say this is one of the greatest like Spider-Man stories ever told, and that I thought that would put it way up in your guys' list. I almost, honestly thought most of you guys would vote. That's for it. Is that, uh, that... Is that a static guy, an actual villain, or is he new for the series? No, he's an actual. Wow, villain. Man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, the other guys. I feel like that goes a long way to telling how uh, little he's used. We are generally with. I mean, uh, have you seen Spider-Man Amazing stories. Spider-Man 2 with Jamie Foxx? <laughs> yes. He plays that villain. That's not him. I mean, the static fair, guy? The Jamie Foxx version. Are you, talking about the... sta- are you talking about Shock? The neg- No, the negative oh. guy. Well, then don't... Okay. Well, when you said staticky, I thought you were talking about Electro. Mr. Negative is a real character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Villain. Yeah, see, yeah. I didn't know that Mr. Negative was. Yeah, an there were no game-only villains in this. Oh, okay. Um, the one thing that I mean, the things that did put it on the list for me was like, like Kevin said before, the or like you said, said the the be- the fact that it's one of the best Spider-Man stories, and like I said, he, I had a lot of fun playing it from start to finish. I wasn't ever really overly frustrated at any game mechanics or I didn't get cock blocked any time in any sort of stupid story mission that like just had some dumb thing that I didn't care to get past even though like people will complain about like oh I've been doing all this cool stuff as Spider-Man now time to crouch through a museum as Mary Jane yeah. you weren't bothered by it no I wasn't at the end of the day they were spaced yeah far enough between the other stuff and they were short we enough were yeah yeah i would because yeah they were they were not the highlights of the game by any means but they didn't they weren't so horrendous to make the game suffer too much just to they show you a little short more they weren't the that bad yeah some exposition can't all uh, be spidey like so I said, the I'm other game that got incredibly looking forward to a sequel, which also puts it on my list because, like, you know, yeah, I would love to see them take a lot of what they had, improve it even more, and uh, just see what they're doing and add venom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the other the Tom game Hardy got... version, specifically. yeah, Tom Hardy, like, uh, like they mocap him and everything. Game to voice, yeah. The other game that got two votes was Monster Hunter World. This is the most action RPG ever made that's in the action RPG genre. The abilities that you can do in this game are fighting game-esque. The world is gorgeous. The monsters are fun and varied. And it's just got one of the best multiplayer experiences out there. It's such a great game. It's so much fun to play with friends. 
it's just unfortunate it came out the same year as God of War and Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2. This came out Otherwise, la- if this came out last year, it would not be anywhere close because fucking Breath of the Wild came out. Oh, right. And Persona 5 came <laughs> oh, out. Oh, right. Well, it'd be the third. Unless no, you can I don't say think another so. third blockbuster that was amazing. Near Automata, what came out last year. Oh, did it? I thought it came out this year. Yeah. No. Nope. We had that discussion. Nice. Uh, this has been a great couple years for games, uh, but Monster Hunter World is fantastic. It is the best. It's like the perfect distillation of what Monster Hunter always should have been. Yeah. They removed a lot of the bullshit. Yeah. It's really fun to play with people. The story's actually kind of cool. Like I like it. Um, except for the except for your guide. She can go die in a giant fire. Do you think it's? Do you yeah. think her um, uh, likeness to Tracer is deliberate? No, no. I didn't even notice it at any point playing the game. You're a liar. I mean, she vaguely looks similar, but has a totally different personality. Or at least is significantly dumber and less competent. Remember when you're fighting the Kirin and she's like, Cheer up, boys! The cavalry's here! <laughs> exactly, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> I think it was a wonderful game. I had a lot of good moments and memories playing with you guys, especially when Sud and I were both longsword katana wielders and we're doing the moves in unison. It's so fun. It was yeah. so badass. And I mean, it felt so great. I feel like we could revisit it at any time, you know? Absolutely. Whereas, yeah. like, an old, an old game, game we used to play, like Destiny 2, I don't think we'll ever revisit that. Did you guys that. hear there's a big DLC coming out for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be, like, like Ice released... World or whatever? Yeah. They, I mean, they've released a bunch of new monsters that we haven't tackled. Like, it would be a great game to go back to. Yeah, not, yeah. not a bad yeah. idea. Well, but mean, like a big thing that the animations, the way that it cancels, like there's just so much depth and variety to it. It's like honestly, a it's got a better move list than the original Devil May Cry, which is kind of crazy to think about because that's an action <laughs> yeah. game, you know. Uh, but this is an action RPG game that really puts the emphasis in action, and everything is so smooth and precise, and mm-hmm. it's got great hit detection. You totally understand why you die. And it's really hard, and it really challenges you. It's just a really awesome game, and it's got a great community. One, it's one of the best communities out one there. One thing I love about the game is it scales so well. Just when you think you've, like, gotten everything, and you're, like, strong enough, you're like, okay, I can beat every one of the monsters. They're like, oh, by the way, now there are tempered beasts. You know, oh, by yeah. now there's elder dragons, and it's just... It, that sort of... That sort of brings me to where I don't like the game because it does every because the game once you've mastered a weapon it becomes a grind fest like it's about you getting new weapons and like getting that to the highest level yeah I, I and mean, so you'll do the same missions over and over again sorry Kevin I didn't mean to cut you up what were you I, I was yeah I mean I absolutely agree because yeah it becomes about the grind in order to get better weapons and I Ooh. hit a point where. You know, I was hitting the tempered monsters, which is essentially just we've run out of monsters. Here's the same ones, yeah. but effectively with twice as much health, or you know, whatever. Uh, and so at that point, it was just like I don't care about min maxing because, like, 
what's what's the point? I'm going to fight other the same monsters with twice as much health. Um, and in the time we played, they released one extra monster. And I beat it a couple times. And again, I didn't feel like farming it out to get all of its gear. Uh, but again, that took me about 200 hours. I played through the entire story. I beat every monster numerous times. So the fact that the grind didn't take me into the quadruple digits, it's hard for me to like knock the game as a whole. I just definitely hit a point in the end game where I was like, all right, well, that's this point isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like once you once you find a weapon you really like, it's hard to let go. Like I love the charge blade, and then once I understand, yeah, yeah like once I understood what the charge blade was doing, and like I understood how you charge and like the move set and let, letting it explode, mm-hmm. I felt so accomplished, and it was so fun playing with that and like doing all the mm-hmm. missions over again with that weapon. But then well, I'm gonna you, go back when that when yeah that once you Frost do that you're just like DLC drops. okay but this is what I wanted out of the game you know but now there's like a lot of new monsters area, so like I'm sure it'd be really monsters. fun to go back to it's a great game mm-hmm. yeah for sure winter no, we, we aesthetics totally thank you Matt that was amazing <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game because I think this is going to take a pretty significant chunk of our time. Oh, let's do uh, it. Everybody except for me put Red Dead 2 in their top three. Can I start this, though, please? Yeah, so go for it. So in preparation for this, I actually took a screenshot of a journal entry from the main character, Arthur Morgan. I just want to read it out loud to you. This is pretty much new country for me. Charles and I saved a family of Germans who were in the process of them getting themselves killed. He's a much better man than me. He does not need to think to be good. It comes naturally to him, like right is buried deep within him, as opposed to this conflict between good and evil that rages within me. If only we had fled out west out of Blackwater, we could have been free now, out of where we belong, out where we belong, beyond civilization, with the savages and the animals. Oh, yeah. Here, we won't ever be at home. Depth. This is yeah. a game that is so literary in its ambitions, is so focused in the story it's trying to tell. Everything has so much detail. Everything has so much depth, emotion. The cast is great. There's so much thought put into everything that is in this game. And it's trying to tell a message. It's a yeah. game of a perspective. This is the best game that Rockstar's ever released. It's probably one of the greatest games ever made. I haven't beaten the game, but I know I love it. And I think it might be, you know, I think it's really hard to choose between this and God of War, but I think it might be Red Dead Redemption 2. There's so many moments like that passage I just read. There's so much internal struggle within how they characterize Arthur Morgan. It's... He's one of the it's greatest. It's like I know Arthur made. isn't a real person, this is like but I real, definitely could believe he would. Be. It's a real touchstone to what this genre, like this media, yeah. could be. It's everything I want out of the game. He, he that he was real. Yeah, like well, yeah, he was a person who was experiencing this. That's kind of what this. sets it above. It's like on another like, level. Like I said earlier, like God of War deserves everything it's been getting in any type of medium, but. The thing that set, is setting Red Dead above God of War for me is how real of not only a, like how real 
Arthur Morgan is as uh, the juxtaposition to Kratos the main character of God of War he is he does struggle through things they're not necessarily real things because he is a god but um his character like the the acting and the the voice acting that goes through Kratos is well and good but Arthur Morgan takes it to a completely different level to the point where he even though like yeah half the time he's just saying sure like it's still amazing and he feels real and the world you're in feels real and yeah it his but i have to disagree in regards to arthur morgan especially if matt's going to compare him to kratos and god of war uh because like you know you you read that journal entry but like that's a totally separate part of the game fucking i no it's not are you high how is it a different part of the game because when does Arthur ever express anything like because that? Because people and, are like that, Kevin. People have hard times describing themselves out loud, and they journal. This is a common thing. Like, people write journals all the time because they can't verbal, verbalize what they're feeling. That I guess, happens. But you to me, it's to... not, like, great deep, like character depth to have a guy be like, you're a cunt, you're a cunt, you're a cunt. And then in his journal, he's, but he's like, not but like I'm that. sad sometimes. But he's not like that. That's horseshit. You know it's horseshit, and you're still spouting it in my face. <laughs> Dude, like, that's that absurd. 99% of you Stop antagonizing everyone, Kevin. You need to play the it's, game I'm more. I'm going up and antagonizing. You're talking about. You're talking whole... about it. You're talking about Arthur Morgan from a very narrow perspective. If you've only played through chapter three, <laughs> if you've only played through chapter three, and just run around being a dick, you have a very small like window on the I'm like halfway through to the positive thing. I have trouble even doing negative things because I can shoot six guys and get less negative karma than I do for giving a homeless man a nickel. Well, I I don't know why you're talking about the karma system because the karma system's pointless to the game. Well, cuz that the, brought up the me games, being a dick. So it's not like I'm being like, but like you know, an outlaw. I, so it's not But he, Arthur is a character who is violently against everyone who's not in the gang. And, like, I think that juxtaposition is great. And, like, the interactions he has with the gang members, and, like, there's a mission fairly early on with Jack, uh, John Marston's son, as a child, that's really touching. And he is an incredibly violent person. He is a very bad person but he's still a human who struggles with it. And I think the game carries that out so well. And it's a game that, from my perspective, really tries to accomplish, and it's nailing for me two things. One is the struggle with Arthur Morgan as a man against his nature, but it's also Arthur Morgan desperate to get back to nature. And this isn't much of a spoiler, but you do go to a city later in the game, and his size of resignation as he realizes he's getting more and more pigeonholed into civilization just makes the whole narrative like stitched together so well yeah the, Classic. i think it's the great. game is is very americana in a Newspapers. lot of aspects too which i mean it's some of the best americana like storytelling in the way that it weaves in the the diaries the the um the little things you find yeah like the newspapers you can get just the 
the way that um, it tells like the passage of time throughout the story um, along with like the the cinematic moments of the game you know and I think the gameplay is also fantastic um, there are so many systems cool that are overlapping but they all work together so well in terms of the pantheon of like great video game guns almost all of Arthur's weaponry just sound amazing and like there's just, it's such a satisfying like the click of a double barrel shotgun or the clicking of the hammer as rounds of a revolver are being fired when I first used a shotgun against a person I was taken aback because I was not prepared to see their hand just shatter and splinter yeah it's it, like that it, makes sense but I wasn't ready visceral. for that and the other great thing about the yeah. game is that the cast is so diverse because like you would have thought that a gang of outlaws would just be a bunch of gunslingers and they're not like Hosea is just like really charming con man uh, Sean can like talk his way out of things uh, Hair yeah, doctor. the doctor is just a fucking loan shark you know it's so good yeah. and like they all have like these interesting ways and it all feels way more real than you would think of in like a classic western film like Tombstone or something um, Arthur is the fistful of yeah, dollars. Yeah, or fistful of dollars. Like Arthur is the muscle of the group, and then everyone else has their own quirks and foibles, and it's just so interesting. And then, especially as you start to explore the game more, it starts talking on some really heavy stuff, like with race. There's some black members in in the gang, and and you're interacting with them in a southern setting, and how they feel. Um, there's an amazing side quest that has to do with someone who was a big shot during slavery and is now nobody. And it's an amazing side quest. Oh, that wasn't... That, I, I know the one you're talking about. That like, wasn't really There's just so much care into every detail. And I I love this game. I, I really love this game. And it's so meditative. Like, we described earlier yeah. that this is a hard game to play just for a few, 15 minutes or so. It's also a hard game to just critical path like if you played this game while just doing the missions i think you're playing it wrong you should have periods of time where you're fishing for 30 minutes you should have periods of time where you're hunting this one elk like over a period of 20 to 40 minutes like a legendary animal just gambling or gambling or playing poker or it's just drinking at the bar it's just so alive um i'm really disappointed by your take kevin uh, and I'm sorry I keep talking about it, but the more and more I, I think about this game, the more and more I'm in love with it. I think it's and mad at and you. mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a dichotomy. Like the karma system, as I become more enamored with Red Dead, I, I start to hate you more. Um, I think I'm the furthest. I just got into Chapter Six today. Jesus, that's oh, the last wow, one, right? At the it's epilogue, the, one, aren't the you? epilogue is technically the last, but yeah, Chapter Six is technically like the last chapter. And, um, oh yeah, and I, I don't know what the epilogue is like. If it's anything like the first one, the epilogue is like twenty minutes. Yeah, but um, the the game just kind of gets better and better. I feel like like the story mode, the story just you know it gets more engrossive, and you you care more about like the characters of the camp in a way, and um, Arthur progresses and. The, the things that like Sud, the journal entry Sud was reading was from like a pretty 
uh, not like maybe. It's the beginning yeah. of chapter three. It's, it's very a, early. Yeah, it's an you early. Get that pretty fast. So um, there's a lot more to come from those types of things. You get a lot more of those journal entries, and um, the game is like endless. Like I said, like you can you can spend twenty hours not even thinking about doing a mission. And just kind of like creating your own mission yeah, in a way. Yeah, easily. Um, See, yeah, yeah. I've, like, that's I've a good fished, way to that's kind I've of the issue I've robbed trains, I've, you know, that's gone kind of and gotten drunk like, in a saloon and played poker and then followed all the dudes out of the saloon afterwards who I played poker <laughs> with and then beat them up in the street, took all my money back, ran away from everybody. You know, like... You can. You, it just you know. boggles yeah, my mind GTA that like that is what you guys have found yourself doing so much, because uh, you know like the fishing. You guys have all independently mentioned fishing, and fishing in that game is exactly the same as fishing in every other video game. So? It's just in a better. It's just in a better looking setting, so I don't understand yeah. why that's. Yeah. No, I I disagree with that. So the thing is, I don't just go fishing by myself. I'll go fishing with someone at camp, and they'll tell me something about their backstory, and it's really cool. Like I went fishing with Kieran. I mean, the dialogue yeah. in the game is so amazing. I, just listening to the characters tell totally. their stories. Is I, fucking I had a great. fishing uh, companion trip with Javier. And then Javier and Arthur were reminiscing about how they jumped the stagecoach in Reno, Nevada. And it's a cool little story that I would never have heard if I hadn't gone fishing. And it's an optional thing, but I just did it, and it's fun. Yeah, always do those, hey, you want to okay, go out. Okay, but that feels like those a confusing so way to describe it, because what you like is the dialogue and the character interaction. Well, and no, like, I also like the fishing. I actually do like the fishing. I, it's fishing. It's... Like I've, you know, Kevin, you don't like fishing though. I mean, I I don't I like fishing really in most games, but it's good in this one. I like fishing in real life. I mean, Me I've too. never, I haven't gone fishing in real life in like twenty years, but I mean, I don't have any interest in playing the exact same fishing game in Red Dead that exists in forty other games. I I, what if like you, you don't. But what if you get an eight-pound pike? Fucking for what point? <laughs> and that's like part of my issue is well, like I don't know What if you come across some why... O'Driscolls? Because <laughs> like, to me, the game feels like two games kind of fighting each other. And Matt shared with us a YouTube video uh, that really kind of put into yeah, words. Yeah, I do like that YouTube video a lot. Even though like I will like nonstop like be singing the praises of this. Oh, the one arguing yeah, about the I gameplay mean, like, yeah, or something like that? He's, he's, he does have a lot of good points. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2, in some ways, is like two totally different, almost like complete games that have been like duct taped together. Which, in that there is the whole cowboy simulation with the hunting and the fishing and the cards and the train robbing and all this shit. And uh, that by itself is fucking substantial. And then there is this very linear story-based uh, you know, story <laughs> uh, that is in its own. If you just strung those together with cutscenes, that could very well stand alone on its own. 
but like as it stands now as a game it feels like they almost get in the way of each other because i feel like i need to go out into the world and hunt and fish and do this different stuff but i don't fucking know why i don't have any shortage of money nothing that hunting or fishing or anything any of these give me like benefit me because like that's a really shitty way to look at it because it's not about benefiting you it's about you experiencing this like simulation of nature that doesn't exist anymore it's it's self-enjoyment not anything not points or anything like that like just experiencing there's the so much beauty in the artistry of this I game would say like that... just exploring and finding like a hidden stream or like a small like forest outcropping or a beautiful vista of the mountains is all amazing and like you just you know we met riding through a thunderstorm yeah like we mentioned no man's sky as being like an incredibly contemplative game where you can be and you find a lot of cool things and a lot of cool stuff to view like that's in this game in spades and it's all like this natural wonder that doesn't exist anymore, and that's part of what is such makes this game so good. It's a, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy of losing our American West to like interests, like to civilization. And now you know it's really timely with our Interior Secretary, former Interior Secretary, like nationalizing a lot of our national lands and like privatizing it and selling it off. And it's just like a, a really wonderful artistic love note to these beautiful places out here. And I, I live in the West, so I'm, I'm far more keen and I have a stronger affinity for it because I see it every day. Um, but it's I something just, that's I just so well realized. feeling because every time, you know, anybody, any of the characters you interact with complains about civilization they're complaining it like oh somebody already dug a hole for me to shit in i didn't get the feeling of digging my own shitting hole and like it's just so what? far <laughs> I mean... what are you talking about <laughs> what is this metaphor <laughs> where, because where when they talk about civilization that is the fucking level of civilization they're talking about <laughs> my point is just the civilization they're worried about is so far removed that i can't from my own, like, you know, interaction and understanding of civilization that I can't, uh, like, I'm a fucking nerd recording a podcast like playing video lights. games. Yeah, I'm not going to be mad. Like, I can't relate to the guy who's mad at lights and, like, fucking locomotives. And so that doesn't... You can You can experience civilization and still be upset that we've, like, destroyed our natural world. Like, that's not impossible to have those two things in your head at the same time. Like, why is that crazy? I I don't think it's crazy. I just, it's not uh, a feeling that the game imbibes in me. Okay, well, I would say that it imbibes that very much in me. And maybe that's our fundamental problem. Yeah. And I don't know. I would say that like, part of what Kevin's talking about, I feel like could have been like part of the divide of the feeling he's getting when he's playing the game, like could have been helped by having a little bit more of a buffed online. Like I feel like online mode could be somewhere where you can jump in and have those cowboy simulator fantasies, go fishing, go hunting, go whatever. But it, it when you're online it just sort of all feels slightly pointless because there's really no there's no real 
story or reason to um, progress, I feel. And but I think the story I think the game would be significantly worse without your ability to interact with the virtual nature that they've yeah. created whenever you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, no, you need like the that. game as it's constructed makes a ton of sense. If it was just like a linear game from mission to mission, I would hate this game more. Like I would not like it as much. I just cuz like stuff like hunting doesn't expose me to the beauty of the world I'm fucking staring like straight down at the ground uh, I just what? refuse to fish it's the exact same f- fishing mini game uh, I I just don't understand what's happening I don't even understand what's happening now <laughs> like I don't feel like I'm exposed to any of the beauty of the world by doing any of these side missions any more than I am by just riding around aimlessly or riding around from place to place do that Dude, ride around aimlessly. You might really enjoy it. That's fine. But, I don't know. I guess it's just... the. Would you feel like... He, Kevin would just feel like he's wasting beauty, time. Yeah, the beauty of the world in and of itself doesn't set itself apart enough from other games to oh, make Oh, that's me... crazy. Uh, okay, fine. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I just can't even. Ah, oh, my head. Ah, <laughs> oh, this hurts so much. My heart. I ah. Uh, oh. That's why I wasn't on his list. I'm sorry. So you don't think this is one of the most beautifully realized wildernesses ever in a video game? I, is that what you're telling me? I think it's be- I think it's gorgeous. I mean, it's absolutely like technically incredible, but it's not so much more technically incredible than every other video game that that allows it to But it spin. is. It's its own ecosystem. You'll see fucking animals hunting each other. There's like this whole world that's occurring that you can go look at and interact with if you just chose to. You but can, fucking World of Warcraft eight years ago had... every single thing. Like no, wolves no, that don't even squirrels. say that. Oh, that's awful. Like, it's an awful comparison. It's an awful comparison. Uh, if no. the wolf got like, close I, enough if, to the squirrel, it would attack the squirrel. <laughs> yeah. I, fuck, are you... Perfectly good economy right there. tracking down wolves and then just, like, watching their day-to-day activities? And they're, like, I have so, done that. Yeah. I did that, I did that for the legendary wolf. I just can't wolf. fucking fathom. I don't... That holds no interest to in me. I don't know why... Like, I'm glad that that's there for you if that's how you want to do... Th- things but like but like that's but that's not even like we're we're arguing about such a small corner of the game like even if that wasn't uh-huh. in there i still think this is like one of the best video game narratives ever made i think arthur morgan is one of the best video game characters ever yeah. written and conceived the mission with lenny I, in the I, saloon yeah, is one of the amazing. i've never i haven't laughed at a video game it's I so good so hard. Well, yeah, the variety of missions are so it was, good like it was that's so amazing good that, Reverend Swanson is. That's true, man. Before, I haven't like laughed before, out like, loud after I got, in a video game After I got in a done while, with that like play that session, before I went to bed that did. night, I got on YouTube and watched like somebody play through it because it was so funny. I just had to watch it again. <laughs> and so I think that becomes. I think that's the issue. 
is of those two games I described, the Wilderness Cowboy Sim and the Linear Story. I really like the Linear Story and the Wilderness Cowboy Sim feels like it just gets in the way of that and gives me like tries to convince me I need to do shit when I don't actually need to. So when you played Red if, Dead 1, did you If we split them did you do any hunting I mean, or anything in that? I mean, kind of, but like it was significantly faster. Hunting in that game was like you just dead eye, yeah, yeah, you dead eye six coyotes next to each other. You don't have to eagle like follow the scent for. They're all lined up. You just have to fire once. And so, like, if we separated this into two games, like I would really enjoy the linear story, and like you, because yeah, like I said, the linear story is really good. And the wilderness stuff gets in the way of it from my point of view. But Whereas you really like the wilderness sim and the linear story is like a nice bonus to that, essentially. No, I still love the story. Like this game wouldn't be yeah, I like the great them thing about. Equally. I like the linear story even well, you're more. Talking about, but Kevin, the linear story You could just play the, the story and not do all the stuff that we're talking about. And it, I, I th- yeah, how does it get in the way? I'm trying to understand that. So how does it get in the way? He's got to ride from he's got to ride from yeah, one point I mean, to another. And- there's there's certainly a gameplay aspect where like if this was a linear story on its own, a lot of this would just be cutscenes. It wouldn't be me having to run across the map to get from place to place, or you know the this. Uh, the a lot of the dialogue at the beginning of missions would be told in a more interesting way than just following a trail side by side for five minutes. Uh, but like it's it's all there, and I feel like I need to do it. And then when I do, I don't enjoy it. And like I could, but like you know, it's like these constant flashing signs as I'm running from story point to story point of like, oh, you should be hunting and fishing. Cooking for dinosaur bones. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I can't say I've found any. I kind of wish that had been a small tutorial. Because like, I don't even know what the fuck to look for <laughs> in regards to the dinosaur bones. I guarantee you I'm going to make it to the end of the game without finding any dinosaur bones. But you might find kkk i might i haven't yet it's pretty awesome when you do yeah that's another thing kevin this is another reason since you don't wander and hunt and do things like sudden and i you don't run into like the soup the really cool unique quests that randomly pop up See, but I have run into some of those that are and really I, also. I wonder a fair amount because of those flashing red signs that are like, do this. And like I've run in you know, we talked about how we both ran into the guys with the safe, and like I ran into them at night and I couldn't see the safe and the lantern is balls. So like I had no concept of what to do, and so I just killed some guys who started shooting at me and saw a safe and no way to interact with it and moved on. <laughs> like yeah, this is what Kevin experiences. Like thirty percent of what he's supposed nothing. to experience. I forgot I had dynamite. I tried shooting it multiple <laughs> times with every gun I had. 
He's like, well, that's metal, and that's what my bullets are made of, so that's not going to do anything. Could you imagine if he shot the safe and the bullet ricocheted back and he just died? <laughs> like, that's like, oh. Right. He, that would have been that would have been a more enjoyable experience than what he yeah, had. Yeah, that's like, uh, this game sucks, <laughs> 0 out of 10. Bullet ricocheted back. I'm pretty sure I ran into those guys immediately after that mission with Micah where you, like, shoot the lock off the... Uh, carriage that like wrecks in the yeah. river and so like i was just uh-huh. like oh like oh, it yeah. just taught me how to do this and then i met these guys there must be some lock i need to shoot off this thing or something and then like i sprayed the thing down with bullets and nothing happened so i fucking moved on alas no no uh i i'm sorry i talked so much about red dead redemption 2 but it's so special i love it so much i'm sorry you hate it kevin <laughs> Oh, we'll talk about it because, like, I'm still gonna keep playing through it. Yeah, and eventually we'll probably have to do like a spoiler cast. We should, we should. I think the story's worth it. Um, But yeah, but so let's move on to the Rouge One Game of the Year, God of War. Boy, oh man! Oh, so I've beaten the game. Who else has beaten the game? I'm extremely close. So me and Ben, I'm on my way to like the last Matt. Matt has been trying to beat the game for months now. At least a year. (laughs) I have only, like, passed the tutorial, more or less. Get out. And yet you like it so much (laughs) that you're... Well, I say that game of the year. I say that in that I have passed the tutorial. That was the goddamn best tutorial I have ever played. Well, I played. have passed the tutorial and that I've gone to Alfheim and come back, and now it seems like it's given me a lot more freedom in the world. That's yeah. The game opens the up game a lot. Does open yeah, up because like you, yeah. you told me it was an RPG, and I'm like playing through it for like 15 hours, and I'm just like, this is yeah. you know, there are RPG mechanics, but like this is a lot of like linear set pieces. And then, like, they finally get to the point where they're like, yeah, okay, now go do whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is, I mean, it's not 40 hours, so it's not quite Final Fantasy thirteen, But, like, you don't get <laughs> to that point until pretty deep into the game. Yeah, that's uh, true. But, so, yeah, but you would I, agree it's very RPG, right? Like, it's an RPG yeah. game, effectively. Yeah. Um, so, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this game. Uh, this game is remarkable. It's also the antithesis of what Red Dead Redemption 2 is trying to do. So Red Dead Redemption 2 has a very strong point and a very strong message it's trying to impart. And God of War does have a message, but it's a message that is wrapped in the most video game video game I've ever played. <laughs> I love it. It's it's a modern Metroid. Like it, it's a modern it did Metroid feel like 2. It's a throwback it, to some weird old Nintendo it. Super Nintendo side controller. Yes. Totally. Yeah. It feels so good. You're finding different things that unlock different set parts pieces. of the world. The set pieces are incredible. The combat's awesome. Um, All the characters the are really great. well, really well done. Yeah. It's so it's so cool that they were like, "Here's Kratos," but you know what? He's gonna use a different well, weapon. It's not just that. I love it's not that. just that. Could you ever believe that they could make Kratos into not an irredeemable asshole? <laughs> like he destroyed the right? world, and like now he's amazing, and like he's such like a, a genuine guy, and he's just trying to do the best for his son, and his son's a dick sometimes. And uh, Atreus is also like a really great character. Um, 
I think the choice. He acts like a. Yeah. Sorry, he acts like a what? He's, I'm just saying he does that whole teenager snootiness so well. Yeah, he's just a preteen. That it, that yeah. that that hit him saying those lines made me mad, and I'm just seeing Kratos get just as mad. I'm like, yeah. It's just like Kratos is like, fucking listen to me, just please, like, come on, like. Yeah, you little shit. Yeah. Uh, it's the combat's great. Uh, the axe is just an incredible weapon. Like, if I said that, you know, I said that Red Dead Redemption has some of the best guns in video games. The axe is one of the best melee weapons in video games. It's just super satisfying to play with, and the throwing mechanic. It was just designed really mm-hmm. well, and every um, the the slashes feel real. He's not like, you know, like flipping them through his hand. Like he's actually like swiping it's, and slashing. It's got- yes, there's the. It's got weight what? to it. It's got a ton of weight yeah, to yeah. it. Um, Kratos yeah. feels very big and muscular and it's got weight to him and it's so cool. And I love the story. Which I is, think the, Which is probably why they did the over-the-shoulder to give you more of a tight, visceral feeling when oh, fighting. Oh, totally, for sure. I think the move... Rather than the out-pan with the classic games. So, Kevin, you know? how do you feel about the move to Norse mythology? How do you feel about the story so far? I like it a lot. I mean... Fucking love. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Greek and Roman mythology just feels uh, like it's it's been everywhere. And granted, with Thor being you know one of the main Avengers, the kind of Nordic mythology has shown up a lot more. And I've been exposed to it with like uh, like Wrath of the Lich King, the WoW expansion, which was very heavily North, oh, yeah. Norse mythology. Uh, but it still feels really refreshing. Uh, the scenery is great, and it's. I still. I've only really run into the. As far as like the Pantheon, I've still only run into that guy from the opening. Uh, mm-hmm. The stranger. But it's, and you don't know who he is the, yet. The stranger. Right? I, the stranger. You don't know who he is. Yeah, the stranger. Yeah. Uh, the Kratos asked his son about, you know. Did she? Did your mother ever tell you about a guy who couldn't feel anything? And the son was like, "Oh, that sounds like whoever," uh, but I forget the name. Uh, okay, well, I don't want to spoil. Okay, it. so yeah. you don't know yeah. you you don't know a whole lot about North mythology, yeah. right? It's so, like a, your first exposure to like all of it. I mean, it's not my well, first no, he, exposure, but I don't know a lot I, outside of what Thor. But like, I think that's why it works so well because everyone is exposed to Greek mythology and Roman mythology. Yeah, everybody knows Zeus and, and Hercules and but, all that. Yeah, but the, yeah. But, the, the story that's being told here um, through Norse myth, people don't really know. And it's told in such a dark way. And like... I really like this a lot because when I was in college, I read Norse mythology. <laughs> uh, Neil Gaiman wrote a... Uh, did a bunch like a collection of stories from north mythology yeah they're direct tra- so really they're direct translations it's called north mythology oh nice yeah, but it's oh, am- okay. it's amazing yeah. it's awesome yeah so now that's where all my north mythology comes in and so <laughs> I mean, seeing tough like, phrase. playing those are pretty incredible um but not only are you playing those but like you forget like how dour and like dark yeah how dark their story is it's not all we're all gods and happy it's a very dark fairy tale that you're playing very that was never the story of greek mythology either it's just fucking (laughs) 
trying to cover for those mistakes. <laughs> That's all it is. Like a goose or, or a bull or fucking whatever. Yeah, but like Zeus... But, like, Zeus isn't taking out the entrails of his son and tying them to the world. Like, that happens in, in Norse yeah. mythology. Um, Zeus isn't hanging himself from a tree to gain visions. Yeah. Or there's no, like, giant serpent who's in a blood feud with a thunder god. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. Um, Loki isn't getting his balls eaten by a goat. Is, is this the best-looking best game ever made? Uh... In terms, of... I think it is. Graphics. Well, it's like it's like we got Red Dead right there. I think there. God of War, War looks better than Red Dead. Looks better than Red Dead because it has a lot more mm. lighting. Red Dead has a lot of really good lighting, but sometimes mm, it does kind of make it. Yeah. It is dynamic lighting. It's not. It's not like they can choose, unlike in God of War, where they can make the set pieces. Well, and know? I mean, um, God of War has that combination of, you know, really realistic. Uh, kind of Nordic scenery you might see in the you know the snow-covered trees, the huge yeah, the huge mountains, yeah. combined with giant tree turtle and uh, you know world serpent and all this other really fantastical stuff that makes it yeah. like it makes it blend seamlessly where you you know. I mean, Wonder Emporium. It looks incredible. Just like, get better. When your Mander I don't first. Wanna, I don't want to spoil Sorry, any of like the the sets for later on in the game, but they just get better and more fantical and grandiose. Kevin, have you been to Elf World? Yeah, yeah he Elf just said he went there and came back. Okay, yeah. When you're when you're um, riding in the boat to like the main mm-hmm. place, and it's just the sunset over this like lake, and there's ah. Oh, that's like well, yeah, awesome. but like even I love the, that that scene. You know the uh, I don't. It's not really a cutscene, but just like when you're traveling between the realms and that whole uh, little area where you you know where you switch between the realms with that mock up of the world tree. Oh, and just all the stuff happening. Like I mentioned last week, when you first get to the witch's house and that turtle rises up out of the ground and like. This is a game that is like multiple times taking my breath away with like the imagery and the oh just, just kind the of the things. And you're not even you're not even a third of the way through the game, which is just great for you because you're gonna have like some yeah, like great... you said, he beat the tr- the tutorial. Yeah, like you, you're gonna have a ton of great you know moments ahead of you. Um, the yeah. structure is very Metroid. Like I mentioned, it's just such an emphasis because Red Dead Redemption Two is trying to tell a very singular epic story. And it's trying to be realistic. It's a cowboy simulator, yeah. you know? And God of War is such a game that, like, there's so many parts of the game which you've already seen that's like, oh, I can, I'm going to come back here once I find this tool to get my way through this door. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've noticed that all around. The ton of collectibles. Um, the one, it's not even a knock on it because I think the game's pretty perfect. Uh, it might be, it's not the best PlayStation 4 exclusive, but it might be, it's, it's up there as one of the best exclusives ever made, but the, you definitely, if you get a PS4, you definitely need to own it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I would say that God of War's only fault is that a lot of the enemies are kind of samey and like they have yes. the same like yeah. visual mm-hmm. kills, which I don't like. And like, if you think about Red Dead where everything is like unique, like there's just so many unique or interactions, uh, Kratos doesn't have as many. 
Well, yeah, and I mentioned that it's tough playing this so soon after having played Doom 2016, where, like, every enemy Just has... there's, like, four different visceral yeah. kills for yeah. every Whereas guy. In God of War... Behind yeah, the back, is, on the knee, on the head, so far on the chest. my biggest complaint, is the fact that if you're up against five enemies and you visceral kill them all, like, you're going to get the same visceral kill. But even more than yep. that... If you're up against a boss with a health bar that is the same basic type as one of those enemies, you'll get the same visceral kill after like a yes. seven minute fight, which is just yes. amazing yeah. to me that anybody like signed off on that. Which feels like a cop out. I mean, I don't think it's amazing that they signed off. I mean, because I just think this game screams money like it costs so much to make and it must have been such a fucking pain to make this game. Uh, because, like, how do you write a story that makes Kratos sympathetic? How do you have it so that it never breaks? How does it make it, like, how do you make these graphics without any loading screens? So I can understand... And still make sense to the overall story of Norse mythology. Yeah, and, and how do you get these voice actors to do some of the best voice acting in games? Like, fuck it, I love Mimir. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the core... The core three of oh, Kratos... Yeah. Atreus and Mimir, they carry so much dialogue together, and it's all great. Mm -hmm. um, I've spent time in the boats, just like going in circles, so I could let Mimir yeah, finish the story. Yeah, just so you get the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll finish this up later. Well, I don't want to finish it up later. I want to know now. Like that's how good the <laughs> I stories know, I'm just are. Saying that, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll get back in the boat. No, go finish it. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, it, I, I understand why it's like kind of disappointing or baffling, but I think there were so many technical challenges, and it's just so apparent what those challenges are. Oh, man. Yeah. The snow effects are also it's so best, bonkers Best video amazing. game snow. Um, yeah, for sure. The story's great. The only, the other small thing, I, I don't think it's much of a, I don't, I don't really want to say it, but I love how this game ends. Yeah, I, tread carefully. I, I love how this game ends. I'm curious if a sequel will hold the awe I have for this game. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, the game is so yeah. good that it's hard to see. We've been exposed to a new world. How's it going to feel when we go back? Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Ben. I yeah. think so. Yeah. But it's awesome. It's a great, it's a worthy game mm -hmm. of the year from this prestigious organization. Do you think it's going to have DLC no, or a second, I don't think or so. a second title? No, I think, it'll, I okay. think it'll, there'll be a new game. I don't even know if it'll come out this generation, you know, because I, I think there's a... 2019? 2020? No. I, I just don't think it'll come out for the PlayStation 4. I think it'll come out, like, PlayStation 5. Oh. I think we'll hear a PlayStation, PlayStation 5 this E3, I think. PlayStation Dolphin. That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd want a PlayStation Dolphin. Yeah, I just want to know if they're going to stick with numbers or go with something crazy. What did you like about this game that you played so little about it and then you still felt that you wanted to put it in your game of the year, Kevin? I'm still trying to parse that. Uh, I mean... With, with God of War? Yeah, you know, the, oh, Kevin. Uh, yeah. The graphics are, you know, like you said, it's one of the best-looking games ever. Uh, combine that with the uh, the setting. It's a setting I very much already like. I'm you know, very much into that kind of aesthetic anyway so that's already huge for me and then combine it with this really striking uh fantasy elements and then yeah the the characters have all been great i really like uh, they managed to make atreus not annoying uh 
the the only time he's like i i talked about this before the only time he's like annoyed me as a player is when he's super pissed at uh kratos right after the beam of light in alfheim and so it's like it's uh you know it's totally fucking justified because it's just like you left me alone for hours potentially longer and so like i'm super pissed at you abandoning me and so like it's kind of like okay like you're being a dick but it's like yeah i you're fucking justified in being a dick right now because uh you know you were abandoned by your father in this (laughs) crazy other dimension (laughs) uh kratos is uh you know, super interesting, way more interesting than he was in one, and I assume most of the other games. All the games. Uh, the Dwarf Brothers <laughs> are both super fun every time I run into them. I really like the witch. Yeah, Brock and Sindri. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. And so I think that's pretty much anybody... Well, that and the whole fight with the stranger, uh, you know, the way they did that and the stranger was interesting, and I, you know... Uh, you guys have been... I can't imagine he's dead. <laughs> like, that's... Um, but so, yeah, everybody's been super interesting. And, I don't know, it's just really uh, taken me. Plus, like... Yeah, that's a great that's a great reason. Yeah. Nice. And so I'm excited to Love keep first playing through more. <laughs> the other... And this Good. is super minor. The other thing that bugs me a little bit is just the way the chests work. I don't... <laughs> like, it feels a little bit anticlimactic to like smash open this giant sarcophagus and then reach in and take like a tiny little pouch. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You'd rather have him just grab both arms and start adorning himself with gems. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, something bigger. It's always like these huge displays of strength. And it's, then it's just like a tiny pouch. It should be another display. It should be another display of strength. He should pick up a skull and then crush it. And then the items. Inside. Yeah. I, uh, I will say that the, the dialogue in that game is really great. Cause yeah. like in the beginning, there's a line where Kratos, Boy. He's like, you have to close yourself to their despair, boy. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, Kratos. Like, he's a kid. Like, why are you telling him this? And then, like... Well, I mean, you live in a world with, like, dragons and ogres and things trying to eat your soul on a daily basis. Yeah, but that, that's like a throwback to the old Kratos, who's just like, we need to kill these people because that's the only way we'll move forward. And as the game progresses, and it's not a spoiler to say, but, like, he softens a little bit as he learns a little bit more about his son mm-hmm. um yeah but he still rips things in half he sure does he rips a lot of things <laughs> in half um, um so before we go son i wanted to ask if you knew this because we talked about it last week and none of us seem to really know what does it mean if anything to actually level up in that game oh yeah it lets you so there are a couple things um as you level up, you actually get the chance to equip higher level items. Mm-hmm. So there's some items that you could get that you are like locked off on until you have like certain stats to achieve. And then the bigger, more important thing is that there's several abilities that you get through runes that you cannot activate unless you have a certain level and you have a certain level and a certain skill. So for example, there's some runes that may ask for 50 strength, for example. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have 50 strength, through your armor, then you won't be able to activate that rune. And so it's like kind of useless to you. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I specifically meant more like creative, like, oh, because the big thing was before we recorded last week, I hit level two. But, like, the game yeah. barely even acknowledged it. It didn't make any large... Yeah, it, it, it gives a base level to everything, but the majority of your gains are not through leveling, it's through your armor. Gotcha. All right. I was just curious. That's more or less okay. what I assumed, but I didn't know if there was some aspect to it that I was missing. No. No, no, no. I just have an, I just have an image of Kratos ripping a deer in half, going, I love you, Atreus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he kind of does that. He comes. <laughs> I know. All right, let's <laughs> cut this he off. Did. We're pushing two and a half hours, and I still have to edit this shit. Uh... Cut it off. Godspeed. <laughs> that was uh, our Game of the Year edition. Uh, we went along with a lot of other publications. Big shocker. Uh, but ours is way better. It's true. Listen to our takes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will not be recording a, an episode next week just due to the way the uh, new year falls. Have a happy Stars new year align. 2019. We will see you the second the first full week of January with, uh, you know, whatever the fuck. The Matt's birthday uh, You know, edition. when we ball with the ball. Yeah, whoa. Whoa. You're going to be 38. Maybe. Just kidding. Bye, everyone. Just kidding. <laughs> Ciao. Konnichiwa. Bye. Bye.